I'll see you tomorrow then. Well, if you're still around by then. Bye. What did she mean by, if you're still around? It's a full moon tonight. It happens only once every 32 years that there's a full moon on December 5th. <laughs> well, according to the legend St. Nicholas, comes to get you when there's a full moon on December 5th. Careful who you open your door for tonight. It might be the evil St. Nicholas. Here's the thing. The English dub is so bad in this movie, like so incredibly bad that it almost comes back around to being so bad it's good. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. What's going on, guys? It's episode 217. Welcome back to the Buzz to Kill podcast, where today is part one of our two-part Christmas special, where we learn that Amsterdam has some really weird traditions in Sleigh Bells Ring. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of thought put into that title. <laughs> <laughs> once, once you see that it's spelled S-L-A-Y, you'll get it. Oh, it all makes and sense. What's going on, guys? Effort went into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And uh, hey, it's Christmas already. Hey, bud. Yeah. Doesn't uh, doesn't feel like Christmas. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's kind of bizarre. Um, it's, it really is. Like, I, I, I thought for sure we had at least one more week before we got into Christmas movies. I mean, granted, we've already been doing some Christmas movies. But I thought for sure we had another week of, you know, <clears throat> regular December fair before we got into Christmas. But uh, nope. I mean, you and this is one of the places where you and I differ because I get into... I get into the Christmas stuff early. Yeah, well, not only do you get into it early, you actually have somewhat of a functional holiday season, whereas I don't. How Christmas, so? Christmas for me, like the joy of the holiday season starts on Christmas Day for me. Really? No, it's on true. Christmas My, Day, that's it. And then it'll, I'm, I'm and serious. Then it, and then it lasts just Christmas Day, and then you're done, or what? No, I mean I'll get like a week out of it. I, you know, between between. Christmas and and New Year's, you know, I'm usually pretty pretty spirit heavy in that uh, in that week. Yeah. But leading up to it, my job has sucked any any bit of joy out of the season out of me <laughs> over the last 15 years. Like it really has. Nothing nothing like like Christ to suck the Christ out of Christmas or Christmas <laughs> out of the Christ. You know what? I don't even know. It's it's ruined for me though. <laughs> I used to work. I used to I worked retail for a lot of years and also in restaurants and stuff. So I. I definitely at times got burnt out on like Christmas music and stuff like that. Sure. But um I still stay pretty spirited, man. I like, I have not listened to like, a single bit of Christmas music this entire season. I I usually do. I even though even though the 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 joy is sucked out, I usually like my Christmas music like um you know, the couple of weeks beforehand, because usually I'm out doing Christmas shopping or whatever, or there's snow on the ground. You know, once I get out of work, I can kind of get into it a little bit. Nothing this year. What's your favorite Christmas music? My favorite? I like new Christmas music. Like, I'm not a big traditional Christmas music fan. I'm just not. Like, Bing Crosby can just fucking suck off. Oh, I don't care. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you wound me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on, um, man. Uh, Mariah Carey, go fuck yourself. Um, Michael. I got I got nothing. I got nothing for you. 
People who now you know people you know who there's, made there's two types of people as far as I'm concerned. There's people who um like her song "All uh-huh. I Want for Christmas Is You" and then people who lie about it. No, it's a terrible song. <laughs> Not it's an awful song. Not. Wait, Shut what is up. your what is your what is your favorite Christmas song ever made? It kind of depends, but um, the one that I think hits me the hardest is um, uh, the first Noel. It's like, okay, I, it's a good one, it's especially good one. when especially when sang by uh, by people who can really hit that last note, like uh, um, Celine Dion when she mm-hmm. does it. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, just you know, tuck tuck me in for the night. Because I'm all set, yeah. you know. Uh, Celine there Dion, was... Celine Dion, Josh Groban when he does it. Uh, who else Joshy does it? Baby. Mariah Carey does a version of that where she goes into like her, you know, her whistle tones at the end. And sometimes those can be a little bit. Sometimes, a sometimes bit, he says a little bit much. What do you mean? Sometimes some? he says what? You don't <laughs> like those ever? Not really. I mean, I I, I think that the, I'm not going to say there's the not a physical, place for it. But... I think that just the the physical feat. Of being able to do that is enough to think, garner uh, some respect. I think Christina Aguilera did it better. <clears throat> Just saying. Whistle tones? Yeah. I don't think she does them, does she? Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. I did hear I did hear the other day though, they they were doing what the hell's her name? Uh uh Ariana Grande. They were oh, doing Oh, she's good at them too. Yeah. Well, but but they had a there was Look at these hardened there was, these hardened men over here talking about <laughs> Yeah, uh, Christine Aguilera, Mar- Mariah Carey, and uh, <laughs> no, there was an Ariana Grande. There was a live song. There was a live performance with Mariah Carey, Ariana Grande, and some other chick. Who cares? And at one point in time, oh, was it was it Swifty from Crazy Town? Was that who it was? Was he the, was he the third? <laughs> I think that was. I think that was. It. Isn't he dead? I don't think so. Isn't he? I think he's dead. His career or dead. Shifty? Is it Shifty or Shifty? Swifty? Shifty. That's. I it. think he died. He was on that celebrity so. rehab show a bunch of times. Oh, and then he was just randomly not on it. Maybe he did die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awful. No, but so the those two, they were doing a. There, I, I get the sense that a lot of artists are trying to to recapture what Mariah Carey did twenty five years ago and like make the new In what hit, way? make the new hit classic. Because whether or not you like that song, it's become one of the biggest Christmas songs in the entire world. Oh, Ryan yeah. Carey's no, song. it is. So I, I think I everybody's that, trying but... to capture that spirit. And Ariana Grande and Mariah Carey are singing this duet together. And then they got to a part of the song where they were both doing the whistle tones and trying to harmonize oh, them. And it was oh, fucking God. terrible. Oh, it God. It was awful. That, <laughs> no, I've not heard that. And I don't oh, want to hear it's that. It's bad, dude. You got to see it at least once. No. It sounds like two. It sounds like you know if you blow up a balloon and let the air out. Like <laughs> it sounds like two people doing that into a microphone. <laughs> I would much rather listen to the singer of Sapergenic try to do it with Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. He's at the high, the high cricket. Oh, the cricket. I can't do the, it. Do, I want. I want to hear the cricket harmonized with Mariah Carey's whistle tones. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> Um, but oh yeah, I don't, I th- yeah, the first Noel is the one that hits me the hardest, but there's some good tunes. There's some good tunes, man. I love, <laughs> all, I love all Christmas music. I really do. I get in the I, spirit this time of year. For, for being, for being, uh, you know, uh, one step away from being atheist, it's funny <laughs> to me that in, in terms of traditional Christmas songs, I've always been sort of partial to Mary, Did You Know? 
Maybe which is which is you know? which goes along the same lines of why is Jesus Christ Superstar my favorite musical? Yeah, I don't know. Who it's fu- just a good song. Who knows? I, I got nothing. I got nothing for you. <laughs> um, but there was a band called uh, Spoken. They did a cover of Mary Did You Know for one of those, I don't think, it was on one of those like old Punk Goes records, like Punk Goes Christmas or something like that. Yeah. Uh, or one of those, it might not have been that one, but one of those, you know, compilation CDs of mm-hmm. the, the new bands doing the cover songs. And um, I, their version of it is maybe one of my favorite Christmas songs. Spoken? Um, yeah. I've never up. heard of the band outside of that either. They could be a Christian band for all I know. I have, I have no idea. Kind of sounds but, like um, a Christian band name. There's that, and, and honestly, God... I know, um, I know. At least you know, our, our friend Josh is gonna have a problem with this. But the Smashing Pumpkins Christmas time song is a fucking jam. <laughs> have I heard that? I don't, I'm sure you so showed good. it to me. I'm sure you must have shown it to me at some it point. It gets in stuck time. in my head. Like this, the second the snow falls, that song immediately gets stuck. Oh, in my head. that's it. Yeah, you actually sent a, that to us when you. Oh, because you're so. Mike is very, very much against a, a good number of us in our friends group. We like to start decorating our houses for Christmas on November first, and Mike's oh fuck that no Mike's no, no, very no. against that because we have to respect the turkey. Mm. Respect the turkey. I'll respect the turkey for for the day before Turkey Day, the day of Turkey Day, and then during my Thanksgiving hangover. That's when I'll respect no. the turkey while making a a turkey sandwich the next day, and then other. So the way my wife put it in that the the calendar that she showed us, it's. Christmas goes from November 1st to the day before Thanksgiving. And then you have Thanksgiving for two or three days. And then Dude. after that, you have Christmas until the 25th of December. Thanks Thanksgiving, it's so weird, but people forget about Thanksgiving when it has the single largest national parade of any holiday. Nobody forgets, in this, a, nobody in this country. forgets about no, no, no. Thanksgiving. But it's... But it's but it's literally. But everybody thinks of that as like the as like the the Christmas parade, basically, because Santa's at the end. He's literally just bookended at the very end of the parade. Oh, I've never thought Come of on. that. I've never thought of that as a Christmas parade. A lot of people do, though. A lot of people well, do. They, they watch can, it for Santa. Well, they can go to hell. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's what it's called. Um. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. I get. I get in the spirit, dude. I just. I yeah. Just feel it. And it's no, starting. To, I, it's starting to snow finally, which is nice. Yeah, we got some. I mean, some snow. It's melted actually. Probably about seventy percent of it melted. Yeah, it's kind but, of a bummer. So we've been doing just, our. Now it's uh, just kind of a sloppy, gross mess. Typical I've, Michigan winter. <laughs> I've actually, I've actually seen you and John, who we haven't seen in in months because his house flooded and he lives, uh, you know, across the state somewhere. I've uh-huh. seen you guys more in the past six nights than I have in the past three months, pretty much. Maybe not you, but definitely John. We started doing our milkshake stouts of Christmas. Twelve, what's it called? No one's gonna know what that is if they're not. No, there's a there's a there's a brewery here in Michigan called Rochester Mills, and they do the twelve milkshake stouts of Christmas countdown. So it's twelve days of stouts. Yeah, it's twelve days of stoutsmas exactly. So they should call it the twelve days of crisp, 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 crispness. Twelve days of Christmas. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) so. (laughs) <laughs> we started a day early for some reason. Yeah, because you don't know how to count. Because I don't know how to count. <laughs> it's <just laughs> so, literally exactly what it so was. So we're one day ahead, <laughs> which is probably for the better, because then we'll end on uh, Christmas Eve. I don't yeah, think I'm any, okay with that. I don't think any of us I'm are okay going to see each other on Christmas Day, so... I mean, I might see you. I'd be, we'll I'd be, I'd be drinking that red and we've been doing all this, by myself. And, and, and for those worried, we've been doing this socially distant and outside, yeah. and, you know... 
It's been kind of nice. Being, being, we being dress up. We it. dress up warm and stand out in the cold and drink a little bit I of got beer. A, I got a fancy new uh, battery powered warm vest. It's that amazing. thing is very cool. I want one. No, no, it's not cool. No, it's, it's, warm. it's not cool. It's actually very warm. <laughs> it's, it's warm. <laughs> Nobody gets that. Warm. Um, no, it's been it's been nice though. I I enjoy winter when I'm comfortable. The problem is that I'm not a big fan of cold weather, so I get cold very quickly. And I'm I'm a pretty skinny dude Aww. except for my beer gut, so I don't have a whole lot of like fat though to keep me warm. So I get cold pretty damn quickly. <clears throat> you can't complain because you, for as long as I've known you, during the winter, your jeans. Holes in the knees, and what shoes do you wear all went all winter long? Chuck Taylors. No, not anymore. Well, as not anymore. Up until maybe last year. Up until maybe a week ago. Up until maybe a week ago. <laughs> no, <laughs> you no. used to wear Chucks during I the winter. This, You'd no, be like, I made this. No, I made this over. Cold. I'm wear- you're wearing you're wearing canvas that's one sixty fourth of an inch covering your feet. I have made the switch over to the leather boots about four years ago. In fairness. In Come fairness, on. but you still I don't, do still wear the, you still don't I have still, a winter coat though. But at least I still you have do that wear fancy. the uh, chucks to yeah. work though. <laughs> you wear those to work. You spend most of your yeah, day outside at work, don't you? Um, not so much. No, not 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 ever since we no longer do like snow removal and stuff like that. So, not ever since the church was shut down by COVID. Mm. Nope. No, the church really wasn't shut down by COVID, which is why no, people are still getting place. COVID, huh? We had an outbreak. Uh, well, not an outbreak, but we had somebody test positive a couple weeks ago at the church. Dummies. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And did you? And it was it was you. It was me. <laughs> no, it was not me. <laughs> um, uh, trust me, you guys would have all known. You would have heard the story. Would have been the saga, the podcast saga of <laughs> me dying of COVID. That was. <laughs> you, you all would have been privy to it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyway, well, hey man, um, that's uh. You have anything else going on lately? Nah, not right. a pretty boring, typical week. I could bitch about work, but this is not the place to do That's that, James. That's not the place, Michael. Not the place. All right. Well, hey, let's get into some corrections from last week, then. Let's do it. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, uh, I only have one correction from last week, and okay. uh, it's it's uh, it's a bit embarrassing, James. Oh, boy. Because right. I got wrong. I got something wrong about Evil Dead. Oh, I know, I know, saucy. I know, right? What? I saucy. Uh, no, we were talking about the Evil Dead video games last week, yeah. And uh, I had said that the second Evil Dead video game was called Hills of the King. It's not. It's called A Fistful of Boomstick. Oh, you silly Got it bitch! Wrong. So for all you uh, Xbox and PS2 aficionados out there, aficionados, aficionados. How do you say that word? Aficionado. An aficionado. Unless you're being an yeah. asshole, and then it's aficionado. A, sis, a, fist, a fist in your motto. A, a, fist, a fist in your, a fist in your motto. Um, anyway, that's all. That's all I got. Um, Just that's not. One. That's see, if it was something that you had gotten wrong about the Evil Dead movie franchise, then I would have probably mm-hmm. come down on you a little harder. But it's fucking video games. Hey, you know. who cares about video? But games? Uh, what about you? Do you have anything from last week? Nope, I can't really think of any. I did. Uh, you know, I I said something about the. Uh, the rate of co- like people catching COVID more than once. The reinfection rate? Yeah, reinfection rate. And it was some ridiculously low number, like four. Yeah. Uh, as of November, that was true. As of like early November. But I think that they've gone back and found more cases since then. So yeah, it's, there it's, was... up, it's up to like 
a couple dozen now. Still a very yeah. low number comparatively. I still feel you know? like, I feel like the actual number is probably higher than that though. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's just um, I, I don't know how they for what the they, for what like the CDC and the WHO actually uh, recognize who them. the WHO. Who? Who? <laughs> Who? <laughs> no, I I know because I know there's been some people publicly like even in um you know in the I, I watch you know AEW wrestling for example and they test every single week and there was one person on there that had it and they're out early early on you know like uh, like April May around there mm-hmm. and then they retested positive again about a month or two months ago so it's like that and they were and they were completely public about it like saying I tested positive a second time this and that so they, that's why i feel like there's they gotta be the numbers have to be higher than what they're oh reporting. yeah i'm sure they, they have are. to be i'm sure they are so it's so just, i don't know uh, how they they gather those numbers but. yeah i think that i think that they probably want to be pretty careful with what they actually regard as catching it twice just so that they don't cause hysteria you know like yeah and people yep. think oh my god i thought that i was gonna be okay but at the same time it's important for people to know that you may catch it twice because oh, sure you know that way people don't go out and just start acting like assholes and go into the bars and stuff yeah it's the same thing for people like once people start getting the um <laughs> start getting the vaccine it's like you can't just stop wearing a mask just because you have the vaccine you can't just stop being cautious you know that's not the way it works you can still carry it just because you won't get infected by it doesn't mean that you're not going to carry it still you know like and you could still infect other people like that's that's kind of how that works it protects your body from developing the 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 sickness but well doesn't the uh doesn't this vaccine this i can always forget what the hell it's called mhrna or whatever it is Mm mm-hmm but it essentially train so it 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 attaches to your RNA, gives it like the cheat code to to trick your body into creating the body, antibodies. Yeah, yeah. But that but, so but again, you, st- though, you can still carry it. Then is it? Yeah, yeah. From my from everything that I've read, you, well, you can still carry it because you're going to carry it until your body gets rid of it. You know, it's either it's going to start planting its flag or it's oh, not. Yeah, that's true. But, you're, but so you can for, still carry it so for, a, for a short time. time at least. You'd sure. Be, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if I'm so if you're standing next to somebody and you you just like literally just suck in all of their droplets, which is right? what I usually do. Yeah, no, me it too. It seems like the, the courteous. Vacuum. Yeah, it seems like the courteous <laughs> thing to do to me. <laughs> Don't let those droplets go to waste. Don't let those um, hit the ground. It's good but droplets. Like, it's a fun game, you know. It's the floor is lava. <laughs> Don't let the droplets hit the lava. Um, no, but like you could still carry it though for the for that for that short period of time, you know, before your body basically expels it or yeah. it dies off or whatever it does. Yeah. You can still carry it. You know? Like it's still there, but it's not going to infect you, which is what the vaccine does. Or so. you can carry it the way I do in a little bag. Just a little bag of COVID. Just a, just a little <laughs> Ziploc bag and you know, if I get pissed off, I just give it a little squeeze in public. I don't do that. Don't arrest me. Um that's, that's weird, James. That's All right, yeah, no, uh, correction for <laughs> next week or for right now. I don't do that. Uh, um, all right. And that's it. Speaking of things that we do, <laughs> drink, James. We do drink beer. We do And we drink. do talk about movies. So this week, <laughs> uh, the beer that we are drinking is called Red and Rye Christmas. Don't really see how that necessarily applies to... Uh, what we're talking about today, but uh, I never can tell with Mike what he, what the thought process be, behind how he chooses these beers. It's really a mystery to me. Um, where, where are we at? Oh, where where are we at? No, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you. Oh, okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just talking about how I don't really see how this one applies to the show this right. week, but 
I know that sometimes you just go out and, and in a pinch you just grab the first thing you see. So I do, I do. It was so, um, yeah. So red, I mean, red and rye Christmas from uh, McKellar, which has been a little while since we've had a McKellar. Have we had one on the show? Yeah, we before? have. I think we've had two or three actually. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, brewed and canned by McKellar, San Diego, California. One pint. This is a red, uh, a holiday red ale with rye and grains of paradise. Grains of paradise. I made a song for it. You like it? We've been Beautiful. spending most of <laughs> our lives living in the grains, in the grains of, of paradise. paradise. <laughs> uh, it's a limited series. Yeah. And what is it? Uh, 7.8 percenter, baby. You're really talking this one up, James. Yeah, it's because I'm... It's great. <laughs> I'm just giving you all of the information. i got to finish this beer. Hold on. Jug, 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 jug. Oh, there you God. Go. There you go. I feel like this 12, uh, this 12 pack of uh, Kowalski that I bought yep. is never ending. The wiener beer? Yeah. I feel... <laughs> this is a beer I feel that like never I've... ends. I feel like I've bought... I, I bought 12 of them in a 12-pack, and I feel like I've been drinking them for four weeks, and they're just not gone. <laughs> but I also don't drink that much during the week anymore. Yeah, I wasn't until we started the uh, well, 12 Days of Stouts Miss. Well, and also, you were coming over for the first few days of it. You would come over, and we would drink our one can of stout split three ways between you, me, and Aaron. And then mm-hmm. John jumped in on the whole mix and started bringing more beers with him. Yeah, he kind of fucked it up, didn't he? <laughs> he, did. he really did. This is this is why he's not allowed on the show anymore. Exactly. <laughs> he started bringing more he, beers. He with messes him. up our dynamic, you know. Because because we were just having a nice little you know nice little outdoor stout once a night. We'd drink our little stout and then we'd go our mm-hmm. separate ways and and not be hungover in the morning. And then John Dude. comes comes around and starts bringing more beers with him, and of course. We're not going to turn the beers down, and then we have those beers, and then we go, hmm, I could probably do one or two more. <laughs> oh, then, oh, yeah. And the, then the, the three bin, of us, the binge, Aaron... The Aaron, binging mentality on yeah. us is is strong. <laughs> Aaron goes inside, and we end up sitting on the porch for another like hour and a half drinking. Mm-hmm. And when you do it every night, it doesn't turn out well. So I think... I, we, I mean, I think what's the need... worst? What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's try uh, this. Ooh, this is terrible head here. It's a ooh. Kind of looks like cream soda, doesn't it? it do, cream soda. Yeah, it, like it's got it's got it's the frothy head and like the the amber kind of cream soda is clear. What kind of cream soda are you drinking? Fago. What what the hell else kind of cream soda would I drink? Oh yeah, good point. What am I thinking? Of? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck am I thinking? I don't of? know. There's like a vanilla, there's some sort of I a vanilla soda. I think you're right, soda. there is some sort of vanilla cream soda that's... Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is, though. It's got kind of a... a- A&W's cream oh, soda. Oh, yeah. A&W's yeah. cream soda is not clear. Yeah, it's Fago's actually... Is. Yes, it yeah. is actually this color. Pretty yeah. close. Or Stewart's. You ever had Stewart's in the bottles? Stewart's. That's that's the jam right there. Oh, shit. Hold on. What is on. going on with your phone? I'm getting an Instagram video request. From Who? My leather group. Tell them to fuck off. No. Or put them on the show. Just answer no. it. Put them on the show. No, you don't want <laughs> you don't want these guys on the show. They'll just they'll just talk about leather and it won't be that interesting to uh, anybody but me. I bought a I bought a strip of uh, pig today. Uh, it was got got it for a very good deal. Um, 
Um, it was I stamped it. It was it was very good. You can't really stamp pig, but <laughs> it's, too cut all this out. it's too soft. It's too soft. All right. All right. Uh, let's try this. Cheers. Cheers, bud. Hmm. That's interesting. It's got like it's a. Very, what's that? Um, is it's that very I, light. It must be the grains of paradise that I'm tasting because there's a taste that I don't know what it is, and I mm-hmm. don't know what grains of paradise is. So that that's, must be the. That's taste. actually that's Coolio speed bagging your uvula. <laughs> First of all, what? And second of all, of- it's, second of all, it's uv. U- uvula, <laughs> uvula, whatever. What do you uvula. call it, my uvula. <laughs> it's, 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 the, it's not a shitty German director. It's <laughs> he punched me right in my uva bowl. <laughs> uh, no, because from the grains of paradise, gangsters paradise, Coolio. He's oh. there. <laughs> I, I forgot speed, that we made that joke two minutes speed ago. Bagging your uvula. Oh my gosh, my brain doesn't retain information anymore. It's really not today, is it? No, it's this not. Is good though. This is delicious. It's, it's good. Um, yeah, I like it. It's funny. I have cream soda on the brain, and there is a part of this that actually does have a hint of some sort of like casky cream soda essence to it. I can see. I don't that. know what it is. I can see that. It's kind of. It's a little citrusy something, too. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's good, though. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like it's it. Very it's very good. good. These right. uh, we, only have the one, we only have the one can, though, for, our, for ourselves, uh, or one apiece, because this was expensive. Was it? How much was it? I want to say this was $9 a can. Oh, God. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was real expensive. It was like $28 for a four-pack, something like that. Yikes. Yeah. Well... Guess luckily, I'll savor it for a while. Luckily, the place where I get it, they let you break up four packs and six packs, whatever you want. You can buy singles, which is really nice. So. Where'd you get it? Canteen? Yep. yep. Oh, they're, they're, yeah. usually really, they're, they're actually really cool with me doing it because they know that we do the show. So mm-hmm. whenever, I'll go in there sometimes, and uh, Mark, the dude that I uh, talk to all the time, he's just like, oh, what are, you, what are you looking for today or whatever? And I'll be like, I need something that's like this. And he'll actually, if he's not busy, he'll run around the store <laughs> looking for stuff for me, and it's, it's cool. You just, you just think that he's really cool about it, but then every time he sees you, every time he sees you coming in and he knows that you're the guy who breaks up four packs, he's just like, this fucking guy. Uh, no, it's actually again. annoying because you go in there. It's not just me, but you go in there and it's like, you'll be like, oh, I want to try this beer. There's only one left. And you'll pull it out and there's like two of them missing. It's like, motherfucker. <laughs> it's really annoying. But at the same time, if it's a beer that you just want to try, buying one That's can true. is kind of a good way to go. That's true. That's true. You know, so anyway. maybe it's the best way to buy beer. Anyway, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. <laughs> All right, James, we're back. Hey. It's the it's it's your boys and it's your bleed feed. <laughs> it's a boy. It's your boys. <laughs> There's a guy, there's a guy in line, the guy, a guy that I like, uh, his name's, uh, or he goes by the name American Opera, he's a acoustic singer-songwriter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's he used from, to play in some bands, actually, from around us, actually. from these uh, parts, yeah. Yep. And uh, he starts off every single video that he posts online, he goes, it's your boy! What's up? It's your boy. <laughs> I don't know why, I find it funny. But uh, anyway, uh, hey, no one died this week, James. Oh, neat. That's a good thing. Neato, yeah, that's gang. Good to hear. No Neato one died. Gang. That's good to hear. Um, 
Uh, let's see here. So moving directly then into uh, into the news, there's not a whole lot this week. A little bit of a light news week. But uh, if you're a big Silence of the Lambs fan, right, then uh, the upcoming Clarice series is certainly on your radar. You're probably mm. looking forward to it. Mm. Uh, mm. However, if you were hoping to see Clarice's most famous case on the small screen with the Mr. Dr. Hannibal Lecter, um, you are out of luck. Mm. Because according to executive producer Alex Kurtzman, Hannibal Lecter will never appear in the series. Really? Uh, yep, never never going to appear in it, which basically means that Clarice is just going to be a standard police procedural pro- probably with, you know, its own its own set of, you know, I mean, of she's the season gonna, bad guys kind of thing. And that's Yeah, it. I'm sure she's still going to deal with some pretty frightening shit. Like, you know, probably. in Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill was equally as scary as as Hannibal Lecter, I, I would say. I thought you were going to say as sexy. <laughs> and as sexy. I'd fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fuck him so hard. Um, no, but the, apparently the reason that this is a thing is because, and this is super, super weird to me. I understand that when this happens uh, between movies, but when you have one movie with two characters and it's yeah. split like this, it's always bizarre. Two different companies own the separate characters. That Which is, is weird. super, super weird to me. Like, I understand it if, like, uh, like for example, Friday the 13th and Jason, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the adult Jason character was not in Friday the 13th. So that makes sense as to why the name Friday the 13th and and Jason are two separate entities, well, right? That makes be- sense. Well, because Hannibal Lecter was in Manhunter. Yes. But Clarice but, was not. But Silence of the Lambs is... It's just weird to me. She came from the same movie, though, that Hannibal Lecter was in. So you would think whoever owns one character would own the rights to that movie and would have the rights to the character. So basically, they must have just just essentially, like to make um, Silence of the Lambs. It's they also must the have, reason they must have licensed the character from whoever made Manhunter. Is that I suppose that's possible? Is that how you do because it? I, I, these things always confuse the shit. Yeah, out I me, have dude. no idea. But it's also the reason why you never saw Clarice in the show Hannibal. Mm-hmm. It was for the exact same reason because yeah. the rights were in two different people's hands. <clears throat> right. Uh, so that's interesting. But if you are if you're looking forward to the Clarice uh, TV series, just know that uh, Doctor Lecter will not be there. But hey, that could be okay. I'm sure she's um, got a. I'm sure she's got a very. Uh, Interesting career afterward. So I'm, I would hope so. Because otherwise, she was it would a, be a very she, lame show. She was a rookie, right? <laughs> she was a rookie during. She Silence was, yeah, of the Lambs. yeah, she was. So yeah, I'm sure she went on to have quite a career. Quite. All right, let's see here. Last week at the Video Game Awards, the world was surprised with a debut trailer for Evil Dead: The Game. We yeah. talked about it last week as well. Um, at the time that we, at the time we had no idea what the game was going to be. We kind of had our own ideas of what it looked like. Uh, however, this week we do have some more news on what the gameplay will likely be like. Um, And it's being described as a co-op PvP-type game, which is also very similar to what Friday the 13th was. So this is not boding well for... Yeah, suggests no campaign, yeah. Doesn't... Doesn't mean that for sure, but it doesn't bode well. Uh, the the press release said uh, that you work together as a team of four survivors, exploring, looting, crafting, managing your fear, and finding key artifacts to seal the breach between worlds, or take control of the powerful Kandarian demon to hunt Ash and his friends while possessing <clears throat> deadites, the environment, and even the survivors themselves as you seek to swallow their souls. It does sound very, very much like it is a online multiplayer 
type game. Don't get me wrong. Womp womp. Yeah, don't get me wrong. That's cool, but I'm a campaign guy. Like I don't. I am too. I'm not super into playing multiplayer PvP type games. They can be. No, they can no, be fun same. every once in a while. Like I, I, I thought it used. Like you know, we all used to jump on Modern Warfare and just like you know, I never did jaw jack at each other and jaw jack at strangers and shoot people and it was fun and everything but i never got super into it and i don't know i'm just like when they started doing uh um when they started doing that kind of thing with assassin's creed Mm -hmm. it was fun as a novelty for like the first month sure and then i was just like man i just want to i just want to i just want to play as Ezio and fuck and like see this amazing story unfold exactly, before yeah. me. I'm a big story guy. That's why we like movies, Yeah, that's the James. thing. Is that, we're, that's, we're, we're story exactly. guys. Yeah, that's the thing about these types of games. There's no story to it, really. Mm-hmm. You know? You're just sort of traveling around, finding new people, like, and making weapons, and killing multiplayer, people. Like, that's cool, but I want the story. Couch co-op multiplayer, or, or couch PvP, is great. Like, when you're playing in a room with four <laughs> other people, and you have split screen. Oh, yeah. I played hours and hours and hours of Halo back in the day. Sure, yeah. Like, with four guys and four controllers, you know, it was that that's fun to me, because you can, you know, fuck with each other while you're on the couch, and maybe fuck each other if you're into that, but like... <laughs> Like the point is, like that—that's way more fun to me. Spill Mountain Dew on your buddy's crotch and then accidentally lick it off. Whatever, dude. Uh, yeah, you know, you know. Um, it, I don't need though my fragile ego being ripped apart by a fucking twelve-year-old on the internet. Oh, these because that's exactly kids these what days, would happen. Dude, they're nasty little pricks. That's part oh, of the yeah, reason I don't are. like playing these. Get like I, I'm a sensitive guy. I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to hear about your how you're gonna bang my mom. Not only are they going the worst to worst part me in the is game, she'd probably do it. What? Not only, not only are they going to beat me in the game, but then they're going to show off the fact that they know how to floss and I can't. Oh, you are the worst at flossing. I've tried so many times. My five-year-old daughter is better than you are. I would expect her to be. I'm not. Oh, I am perfectly okay with not knowing how to do it. It's wrong. It's wrong, Mike. You got to keep up anyway, on the. You got to um, keep up on the dance. The the dance fads of the day. Sorry. Otherwise, how from, much fun are you going to be at? How much fun are you going to be over- at weddings? Or is the flossing thing from Overwatch? Is that what that's from? No, it was from a uh, shit. Was it a? It was a. It was a, a video, a music video. No, I thought it was from a no. Overwatch game. No, it no, originally it is, came from. a Is music- that where it got popular from, though? Was like because there, there's a character in Overwatch. Like when you killed somebody, they would do that move. No, I think it was uh, Fork Knife. Um, oh, Fortnite. That's it. Fork that's, Knife. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, yep. No, but they're the kid, uh, backpack kid. I can't. I, I think that's what they call him. It's just backpack kid. But he was, he was in name. a he was in a video. It was like a rap video or something like that. And he it's probably did, a Gucci Mane video. He did sounds, the he he did the floss, right. and everybody went crazy for it because it was the weirdest looking dance ever. Especially the way he did it. He was like just this. I think he was pretty little at the time, but he was still really skinny and lanky. And just to watch him do it was really weird looking. I want to see he ended Javier up, Botet he, do he the ended up He ended up suing <laughs> uh, um, Fortnite. Yeah, or whoever owns Fort, Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know the. I'm not as into gaming as you are. Do you know who owns Fortnite? I have no, I have no idea. I, have no idea who I think he sued now. them, though, for basically taking his dance because he had trademarked the dance. Oh, which, really? Which was fucking brilliant on his part. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I think he sued him. Yeah, I gotta look I into that see, a little more. But I want to see Javier Botet do it, like with like with some arm <laughs> extensions on or something like that, like like when Just, he's playing Slenderman. 
Just like just be weird. <laughs> it, would, it would take five minutes for one rotation of it. He'd look like a wacky uh, waving inflatable arm flailing tube. Man. Oh my god, he totally would. <laughs> All right, um, I don't know why I got so excited about that. Why hasn't somebody figured out how to make that happen yet? What's that? There's got to be a way. Like if you fire, if you have two different fans firing at different moments. Having a wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man who does oh. the floss. I was and if no and for... if, if nobody's done it yet, if I could invent it, that could be my thing, my big thing there that makes me a billionaire. It's like reinventing the wheel. Yeah, yeah. Man, that might be something. When you, All right, when this is a the... this is a verbal <laughs> trademark. I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm gonna do a, uh, inflatable tube man floss machine. That's a verbal trademark. I'm doing it right now. Don't steal it, or I will kill you. In court. It's already gone. Oh, shit. <laughs> Guess I'll just drink this beer then. All right. If, um, if you're anything like us, then you loved Gary Tunacliffe's final chapter in the original, in the original Cenobite series. In the fi- I'm going to start that right over. There you go. If you were anything like us, then you loved Gary Tunacliffe's final chapter in the original Cenobite series, Hellraiser Judgment, right? We were both big fans of it. <laughs> did we love uh, it? didn't go did over we... so well with everybody, but, yeah. you know, we liked it. Yeah. Um, and knowing that, that story will likely never be completed is a uh, super bum, bumsky. Yeah, bumsky. Know? Super bumsky. Yeah, I really like, we've talked about the idea of, like, Pinhead being... Yeah. Being uh, with the with spoilers, the spoilers here. Oh yeah, I can't it. say that. Yeah, the yeah. way that movie ends. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, however, though, uh, Paul T. Taylor was the actor that took up the mantle of Pinhead. He wasn't terrible. He was actually pretty good. He did really in the yeah. role. He was good. Way better than the other Pinhead from Hellraiser uh, Rev- Revelations. <laughs> fat, fat Pinhead. As he wasn't as fat. As but he wasn't fat. That's the <laughs> colloquialism that people use when they're talking about. I know. Him. I, I know, always I know. call him fat. It's because so Doug Jones was always so skinny that any normal person just looks fat. <laughs> uh, Doug, not Doug Jones. Or not Doug Jones. Uh, Doug. Uh, Doug Bradley. Doug Bradley, yeah. Um, yeah. If Doug Jones played him, he'd be even more skinny. <laughs> then Doug jo- or Dung Bradley would be the fat man. <laughs> <laughs> you just called him Dung Bradley. <laughs> Dung, Dung Bradley. Dung Bradley. That's a, if you ever write a Western, I want you to... <laughs> somebody in the Western has to be Dung named... Dung Bradley. Good old Dung Bradley. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, anyway, though, uh, the point of this news, uh, Paul T. Taylor, who played Pinhead in the last uh, last installment, um, he has once again teamed up with Gary Tunacliffe for Gary Tunacliffe's new film, uh, Chlorophobia. Or Chlorophobia. Chlorophobia. You know chlorophobia. You know chlorophobia is? Of course. It's the uh, fear of Clorox wipes. <laughs> it's the fear of chloroform. <laughs> Literally everybody has it. Um, oh, my no, God. It's the, fear of, uh, it's the fear of clowns, James. Chlorophobia the of, is chlorophobia. the fear of clowns. I, think, I believe I'm saying that correctly, but yeah. Okay. Um, uh, anyway, though, his new film, Chlorophobia, uh, is it's it's about killer clowns. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not super hyped on the idea of that. I kind of feel like the whole clown thing's kind of played out at this point. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Um, that being said, the way that he describes the movie is pretty pretty juicy, if you will. I think it's chlorophobia. Chlorophobia. Yeah, Col- it's, it's weird though. Chlorophobia. Yeah, starting the word with C O U and then yeah. an L is like a weird pronunciation. Because I feel like diction. I feel like chlorophobia probably is something. Chlora, chlorophobia, chlorophobia. No, chlorophobia, chlorophobia. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, the perfect weekend getaway turns into a surreal nightmare and a fight for survival of as a group of friends are pursued by an ancient evil in the form of four sinister clowns. 
sounds kind of whatever, right? Yeah. But then Tuna Cliff goes on to say, this won't be a campy, fun comedy horror film. Think about the craziest, weirdest moments of Hellraiser Judgment and times that by a thousand. Throw in, a, throw it into a blender with the original Evil Dead, uh, Wrong Turn on the Hills Have Eyes, and you've got chlorophobia. So hmm. his description of it actually is enticing. Yeah. Whereas, whereas the actual synopsis just kind of makes it sound like another stupid clown movie. Um, but there were some pretty fucking wacky moments in Hellraiser Judgment. So was, if he's yeah. going to go like that again, I'm totally into it. Uh, yeah, I'm interested. It's <laughs> whenever some, when, when people are like ancient clowns, it just make yeah. it, it, something about that seems, uh, seems like an, like, I don't know, like an oxymoron no, I, or I something agree. like that. I agree. If you that, want, but. if you want ancient clown mayhem. Look no further than the Killjoy series, because I guess maybe that's what it makes me think of. Because Killjoy is supposed to be an ancient clown, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's a demon. Well, he's an ancient demon. Yeah. An ancient demon who looks like a cl- yeah. And you showed me a little bit. You had the unfortunate experience that oh, I watched all a six self inf- self inflicted <laughs> experience of watching all six movies, and they yep. look like dog shit. Yep. Yikes. Pretty much. It's like it's like sticking your hand to a fire and getting burned and going, well, the next time it won't hurt. And then <laughs> by the sixth movie, you literally just have a nub of bone, and that's that's all you have left. <laughs> anyway, um, let's see here, James. Uh, before we finish up here, what's new on the blues? Well, dude, let me tell you about it real quick. Oh crap, thanks, I lost my spot. Thanks, bud. Let me just let me just go up unprepared. Filling time. And recently announced by Arrow Video, both the Invisible Man appears. And the Invisible Man versus the Human Fly are coming to the blue, coming to the Blu-ray, as the part Blu-ray. of a <laughs> as part of a double feature package, which is set to be released on March 16th, but can be pre-ordered right now through Diabolic DVD. Uh, many of you may know about the 40th anniversary special edition 16-disc Friday the 13th Blu-ray set, including mm-hmm. Michael here. Uh, yes, what's, what some of you may may not know is that you jumps got ripped off though. Because, yeah, so I because right now the set, which originally sold for 160, is currently available on, available on Amazon for only 109.99. So that's I'm I'm pissed about this, like le- legit pissed about. Yeah, I'm this. sure you are. You got um, taken this, for a ride, bud. This yeah. So this movie or this uh, collection came out just this past October, right? Yeah. And the pre-orders were up for a couple of months beforehand. Uh-huh. The original run sold out, and that was gonna be it. Just like the um, the Halloween uh, franchise collection that they put out, uh-huh. that it was a single run, and when it was gone, it was gone, which is why it fetches like five hundred dollars second secondary market now, right. if not more. Right. Um, and that's what this one was supposed to be. So you had all these people that jumped on, and because you you had to get the pre order at least at first through Scream Factory, they had the lithographs. Uh-huh. You were paying one hundred and seventy dollars for the collection and and the posters. Mm-hmm. Not a, it's not a bad deal even at that price point. You know, it's really not. Yeah. That being said, at the one sixty. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think it was one sixty nine ninety nine. Is what yeah, I paid for. It was still it, good. I thought it was still not a terrible deal when you break it down per yeah, movie. For a 16, it wasn't, wasn't yeah, for sixteen. Yeah, for for a sixteen disc set, absolutely. Yeah. So the thing is, though, is in like immediately after that, not only did once they were sold out, they just decided to put out more for pre pre order. At that point, I'm like, whatever, okay. But then. Other websites like Amazon and stuff like that, about two weeks afterwards, started putting up their own pre-sales for one thirty. It's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like that's like, 
if they knew that, that was going to happen, if they knew they were going to do something like that, that's bullshit. And then and then to drop it now almost to $100, not not four months after its release, yeah. where some people paid a full $70. It, that, to me, is just bullshit. Scream Factory is usually really, really good by their by their their fans and their their customer base but this was this is just like a dick move yeah in my opinion and i'm pretty butthurt over i'm not gonna lie like it's like it come on i wonder you're you're, you're doing your you're doing your fan base wrong by doing that it doesn't seem and i don't you know i don't i don't buy the releases like you do and stuff like that but just from being part of the show and and knowing what i do about scream factory that particular move doesn't seem like something that they would do uh, well, they did. That was. I mean, I'm sure the price is going to go back up. It's not going to stay at 100 bucks. It's just for the holiday pricing, and I understand the sale. But it's only but through like, Amazon, right? I it might be only through Amazon. That's what I'm saying. Like, still, like, it doesn't seem like something that Scream Factory would do uninfluenced by maybe a bigger entity. You know, like yeah, I'm I'm sure there's a lot more. I'm sure that there's a lot more behind the scenes stuff that we don't know about this. That maybe 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 Scream Factory has nothing to do with this. In all fairness, right? Yeah. Maybe Amazon bought because they're producing them still. Amazon bought, you know, a huge stockpile of them or something. For for all we know, I have no idea how this stuff works. But I don't know. It's just the idea of it just kind of bums me out, though. Oh, you for know? sure, dude. Yeah, for collectors out there who who think like, oh man, because like you said, after the first repress or whatever it was, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But then Not to, to mention, but then to just start shitting them out, so it makes them. I like the idea of everybody who wants one being able to get one, but from a collector I, see, I from like, a collector standpoint, the idea of having something that is coveted, and and I only have because I was quick on the draw and I was able to get in there and get sure. one, while everybody else sat on their sat on their ass and didn't. You know, like it's cool having something rare that. Uh, not everybody had a chance to get, mm-hmm. so I can yeah, see where you're pissed after, about it. But the, after what happened with Halloween, though, like I said, like those, right. they once those were gone, they were gone. Those sold out super quick in the pre-sale as well. Uh-huh. I don't think as quickly as Friday the Thirteenth, but still, you know. And they've never printed those again. They they did release a smaller. 10 disc set of the Halloween set mm-hmm. for a little bit cheaper, which is what I wish they would have done for the Friday the 13th, right? It's right. missing, it's missing like one or two of the bonus discs. You know, it doesn't have the, um, like the, the, the Halloween set is two different cuts of Halloween six on the 10 disc set. It's only the one cut of the movie, mm. right? So, so you're, there's, there's a reason to get the 15 disc if you want it, but the 10 disc is fine for those who missed out on it. Yeah. That's what they should have done for, for this set to Make you know make it worthwhile for the people that spent the big money on the set. I don't know. I just, I'm I'm just bitching up a storm here because I'm pissed, James. <laughs> That's all right. Pissed. This is a place to vent, Michael. It's a safe space. <sighs> it's my show. Damn it! I'll do what I want to. <laughs> uh, all right, moving along here. Director Curtis David Harder's social horror film Spiral will be hitting DVD and Blu-ray on January 19th, courtesy of RLJE Films. I I heard a lot of a uh, lot of good about this movie. I don't know if you heard anything about it. Um, I really don't know very much about it, to be honest. Uh, this is not the Adam Green spiral. Obviously. Obviously. Uh, spiral follows Malik and Aaron, a same-sex couple who move to a small, quiet town seeking a better environment for their 16-year-old daughter, only to find that something sinister lies behind the picturesque home and welcoming faces of their new neighbors. Oh, um, you know what? I did hear about this. I, I did hear about this. I, I know people... Uh, I know people were saying that uh, it, it kind of had get out vibes, you know, 
Which mm-hmm. just from that just from that uh, short synopsis there, you can well, kind of tell social what commentary for sure. Yeah, yeah, like a same sex couple moves into a into what seems like an inviting neighborhood at first. God, oh. James, why is horror so inclusive these days? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just grinds my gears. Jesus, I hate people. Oh, uh, um, I do all right, too. What else you got? Uh, let's see here. Uh, Nosferatu in Venice, the unofficial sequel to Werner Herzog's Nosferatu, the Vampire, will be hitting Blu-ray on March 30th of next year, and will include a feature-length documentary called "Creation Is Violent." Anecdotes from Kinski's final years. Klaus Kinski, of course, who played Nosferatu in both uh, Nosferatu the Vampire and Nosferatu in Venice. And last but not least, Julia Ducourneau's cannibal movie Raw, which you can listen to a couple of handsome young men talk about on episode 205 of, oh, the, of the popular horror show The Buzzkill Podcast. We'll be hitting Blu-ray on March 23rd, courtesy of Screen Factory. Nice. So go and uh, go and get yourself a piece. Don't pre-order it though, because uh, there's going to be a lot of them. Okay, <laughs> don't don't jump on it right away. They might even drop the price at some point. <laughs> Maybe, um, but you're not going to get that fancy slipcase, James. Oh, gotta get that slip. Um, okay, that's it. Yeah, that's it. All right, uh, after five features, two seasons of a TV show, uh, it looks like the Morgan Creek, uh, or Morgan Creek, the owners of the Exorcist franchise, uh, are looking to start over, according to IMDb. Now, there we had heard rumors about this uh, a while back, even probably as, late, as early as last year. Um, and it's interesting, though, because IMDb notes that William Friedkin is coming on board as an executive producer. Bill? Bill. Go cool, freaking, man. Cool. right? Uh, well, not so fast. Oh boy! So apparently, this uh, this was news even to Friedkin himself, <laughs> uh, and this is only news in that I find it very funny. Friedkin is not known for being the nicest of guys in the world. Like he's I've heard he's that, one yeah. of those he's just one of those guys who's he's just very him, you know. Like he's he's not always very pleasant, which is fine, <laughs> totally fine. Um, but he took to Twitter. Uh, to address the uh, to the news, saying there's a rumor on IMDb that I'm involved with a new version of The Exorcist. It's a flat out lie. There's not <laughs> enough money or motivation in the world to get me to do this. <laughs> I don't understand. So it was the company. The company actually put this out. I like, have no put out idea. a presser I, that said that Wilfried Wilfried Kim was part of this thing. It's possible that whoever put it out, uh, whoever put that on IMDb just didn't have the informa- all the information, and so they just put it up there. Um, but I just find it very funny that he's just like, there's no amount of money or motivation in the world to get me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's hilarious to me. Like, it seems to happen with a lot of people. Can you imagine if you were, like, obviously if you were cooler than us and people wanted you to be involved with their projects, but you're just, like, sitting down at breakfast one day, sipping your coffee, kind of looking through your news feed, and <laughs> it suddenly says... William Friedkin is involved with the new Exorcist series, and you just sip your coffee, and you're like, oh, I did not know that. <laughs> I <laughs> oh, think I need to make him? a call to my lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> there was um, some, some, some movies, uh, or movie directors, though, they're so passionately fierce over their, their movies they've made, even if they don't own the property. Like, it's their vision. It was their thing. Like, they don't want it touched. 
there was a story years ago about David Cronenberg. Mm. Cronenberg is another one of those guys who he's he can he's, he can be fine, but he can also be very David Cronenberg at times. Yeah. And um, I think it was I forget, God, it was somebody on the movie crypt was talking about how they were up for remaking Scanners, and they had seen Cronenberg at a party that they were at, like a Hollywood party they were at, and he walked up to him and he said, and he, and he had never met the man before, mm-hmm. so he walked up to him. I really wish I could remember who this who this director was, but. He walked up to him and introduced himself. Said, "Hi, such and such. I'm such and such." He goes, uh, "I'm going to be um, tapped to, uh, or I was tapped to do the new Scanners remake, uh, and this and that. And I just wanted to say hi and meet you and, and this and that and get your get your blessing on the project." And apparently, Cronenberg just turned him looked at me, looked at him and goes, "Don't touch my fucking movie." <laughs> And the, guy, <laughs> and the guy, and the guy, and the guy didn't guy do didn't. it, right? Yeah, he backed Who out of the project that? because of that. So you I heard remember it too. that? Yeah, I remember <laughs> that because I remember thinking how cool it was of that director. He's like, I ain't fuck. He's like, he's like, I respect the hell out of Cronenberg. If I don't have his blessing, I'm not doing it. Yeah, because like, some because some directors would go ahead with it anyway. They just wouldn't oh, give yeah. a shit. But if yeah. you if this guy is one of your heroes and he says, Don't touch my shit, you'd be like, Like, I'm sure, dude. I'm sure that David Cronenberg would not have approved the Soska sisters to do that new rabid movie, you know? Like, wouldn't have happened. You don't think so? No. No. I don't think I don't think Cronenberg wants anybody touching anything of his, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um not even his apprentice. He, I don't know. I don't know if he has any kids. Yeah, he has, he has, yeah, he does have a kid. <laughs> He's got kids, yeah, doesn't he? His kid, his kid, his one son's in the in the business. Uh, just had a, just had a movie come out. That he did. Um, it's a movie on Shutter, I think. Whatever. We're getting off topic now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's the news, James. <laughs> All righty. Well, hey, uh, let's take a quick break. Let's and uh, finish it. Finish this beer. Pour another we're one. Gonna, we're gonna we're gonna polish up our our jingle balls, bells, balls, our sleigh balls, bells. <laughs> J- jiggle balls? What? Uh, and, uh, this is just a veil. This is just a poorly veiled attempt to just talk about balls again. That's that's all. This is what the show is, people. We're I don't gonna... know what you tune in for to get anything different. Yeah, yeah. The next hour of this show is mostly going to be talking about balls. So, yeah. And if and that's then, what you're into, then hey, stick around, man. In fairness, we did get a glimpse of the red light district in one of these movies. Oh so, hell yeah! You know, I don't know if that's a place I'd want to visit. To be honest with you, I would. Are you kidding me? I'd jump at the opportunity. <laughs> Bet you would. I mean, I would want to. Vi- I'm I'm talking specifically the right. I guess I would visit. I would walk down the street, do a little window shopping, if you if you will. Literally, because they're in the windows. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so bizarre. I don't know. I feel like that's the one place you can get a pass. Like, like you're not quite the disgusting human oh. being if you're doing it in Amsterdam and <laughs> you're completely fucking messed up on drugs and you just go to the red light district and get your fuck on. Like, you know, I feel like that's that's an acceptable pass. It's really it's it's really weird. You don't I like I don't I don't hear of a a lot of like uh, you don't hear a lot of horror stories coming out of Amsterdam about like crime and stuff like that. Maybe there is a lot of crime. I have no idea. But I don't hear a lot about it, and maybe Wasn't it's it because and maybe it's Wasn't because hostile it, set in Amsterdam. Yeah, that was that was hostile. <laughs> that was Eli Roth. That was an American <laughs> making his version of what he thought Amsterdam probably was like. That's probably true. was like maybe maybe there's not a lot of crime because everybody can just do whatever the hell they want. It's possible. Maybe that's what we need to be able to do. Just what whatever the, they. What about the bunny want. ranch in uh, in, in Vegas? Ve- in, in Vegas, yeah. There's a lot of people that who, that pull for like f- like legalizing prostitution and stuff. I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah. As long not? as you make as long as you make male <laughs> as long as you make male prostitution legal too, you know. Yeah, I can so finally I can, make some money so, so I can get in on the action. 
All right, we're going to take a break. <laughs> Bye-bye. And, uh, we'll be back. We'll be back. Bye-bye. Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Now and then we watch we watch a movie on on this show that um, we we immediately regret. <laughs> Every now and then, not not always. Usually, we're pretty big fans of the movies we pick. Uh, this week, uh, so, you some, picked some prime examples: uh, Halloween. Oh, terrible! Uh, the thing. Terrible. Um, uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Terrible, which we haven't watched on the show though. Just, so. just awful. Uh, Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre, just the, just the real stinkers. Yeah, in yeah, horror yeah. history, you know, and, and and a movie that belongs in that that fistful of awful horror movies is not this one. This one does <laughs> deserves to be thrust upon the pedestal <laughs> in the annals of horror history. Uh, maybe the annals of horror history. Maybe the annals maybe, of horror history. Maybe the annals. Because this movie um, was dog shit. <laughs> we are, of course, talking about 2010's Sint. Or, or Saint. If you're American, if you're American, it's called Saint. And if you're American, I'm angry with you. <laughs> Why? Because the only way that you could get this movie, oh, to yeah. rent this movie, which is in Dutch... Of course. Deutsch. Deutsch. There's a difference between Dutch and Deutsch. Deutsch, is, Deutsch is German. Dutch. Deutsch this is, is just way... Deutsch is way more fun to say. <laughs> Deutsch is fun to say. They sound very different. You know how German sounds and then Dutch is... It's kind of like Swedish. I was going to say, that's not, that's not German at all. It's... Well, here I can... Hartelijk hefelikatiered. That's sure. actually... That means Merry Christmas. In, does, does it really now? In uh, in Finnish, but Finnish and Dutch are close enough, right? I was telling Fair you enough. earlier about how my father-in-law speaks Finnish. Anyway, Hartlegic <laughs> Hefelikatiered. Um, uh, you can only get this movie with the English dubs. Yeah, and I don't like wa- it- I don't like watching English dubs anyway. But when a, when a movie is this poorly dubbed. It really like, what does it do to you? What does it do to I, you, dung? It fucking it kills your soul a little bit. <laughs> it kills your soul. You just refer to me as dung. That's you now, brother. You're dung, <laughs> dung Bradley, dung Bradley and Cooter Brown. Yeah, the 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 English dub is it. Listen, here's here's the thing. The English dub is so bad in this movie, like so incredibly bad that it almost comes back around to being so bad it's good. Right. It really, really does. There were um, times. There were times when the when the what was happening in the movie couldn't have possibly interest me interested me less. No. But the English dubs were so terrible that I was having a delightful time. <laughs> yeah, and here's the thing too, though. Uh, even if we would have had subtitles for this movie in its native tongue, it would not have made this movie any better. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you're really not missing anything 
and, you know, with with having it one way or the other. And here's the bummer: I saw the dub I, actually might make it better on subsequent <laughs> watches. Here's the bummer: I saw the tra- I don't know what trailer I saw for this movie. I saw the trailer for this movie probably three years ago for the first time. Okay. Uh, and it was when I was looking for episodes for our or movies for one of our Christmas episodes. I decided to go with Krampus instead of this movie, which I'm glad that I did because Krampus is a fucking awesome movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, when I watched the trailer for this movie a few years ago, I thought it looked sweet. <laughs> I'm I haven't I have not rewatched the trailer for it. I'm sure the trailer was cut in a way that probably made it look better. It uh, had to have. I I don't think it is. <laughs> Something was wrong with my brain at the time. I don't know. <laughs> Like so, maybe I was just remembering like little little like snapshots of it and stuff. There was there was something cool about the idea of Saint Nicholas being this murderous murderous bishop, you know, like Sinterklaas and coming back as a. I, so here, just real quick, I'll do the uh, the synopsis since it's been like months since I read one of these. A horror film that depicts Saint Nicholas as a murderous bishop who kidnaps and murders children when there is a full moon on December 5th. December 5th being the gift-giving day of uh of It's it's Christmas. in the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah so I looked so this like up. I don't know if you I don't know if you actually did your homework December on this. Uh I'm homework not really. I don't know. Yeah, okay. So I actually did. So okay. if you're confused <clears throat> as to why this is. So in the Netherlands, this movie is set in Amsterdam. So in the Netherlands, uh, in Amsterdam, where this movie takes place, yeah. uh, this is a very, very Amsterdam-heavy movie, right? Everything about it. You even got the red light district in it. hey Oh. But in the Netherlands, uh, December 5th is, they celebrate the, the, the Feast of St. Nicholas, I think is what it's called, or the Day of St. Nicholas, whatever it is. Okay. Um, that is their Christmas. They celebrate it very similar to how we do Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, uh-huh. where they actually do their gift giving on that day instead of... 25th right however they do celebrate christmas on the 25th and the 26th but it's not the same gift giving holiday that we observe is it more like a religious i i don't know exactly what it is i just know what i read online i didn't go much deeper into it but um but yeah the fifth the fifth is the day of of saint nicholas basically and that is their gift giving version of christmas so that's why everything takes place on the fifth now so now that you've had your history lesson continue uh, let's get into let's get into Moss of the Plot, Dick Moss. Moss. Of oh, the speaking plot. of Moss, uh, directed by Dick Moss. Uh, Moss meaning more in Spanish. So this guy's name on legal documents, more Dick, more Dick, <laughs> which which somehow is perfectly <laughs> fitting for this movie. <laughs> I don't know why. There's no um, dicks really, but there's not. But there may, there may as well have been. <laughs> Everything else was funny about this movie. Why is the director's name not funny? Come on. Uh, direct, uh, this was from 2010, so not that long ago. In um, fairness. Not terribly long ago. It was long enough ago to where I don't think that... Uh, <sighs> there's, there's, a, there's a subplot to this movie that, especially watching it in America, um, kind of like strikes, you, it strikes a weird chord as far as like social issues are concerned. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of blackface in this movie, and it's um, it's yeah. because in in the Netherlands, or I I, I think in the Nether, I, I think a lot of Europe actually. There's a there's a character called uh, Swarte Piet, mm-hmm. or or Black Peter, 
and uh, he's depicted during celebrations as it's typically a white person completely painted black with big red lips which is obviously the sort of the the image of the like the minstrel show blackface pretty much the most the most offensive version of it you can you can get yeah yeah, it's pretty it's pretty striking like i i was watching i watched the trailer for this and i saw a person in the trailer i was like oh shit okay well 2010 i guess there wasn't like it it was still offensive but i don't there wasn't like the outcry the the, the general outcry that there is nowadays for it right the the the, but, the world was very different 10 years ago yeah. in terms of social issues <clears throat> at least being at the forefront like people still paid attention to it but it wasn't we weren't in the in the climate of uh everything being well the, the world probably about yeah i was going to say the world probably wasn't that much different it was still offensive it's just nobody was really saying it you know so like it was kind of it was kind of striking to see it in the uh in the uh in the trailer but then immediately following the trailer what popped up on my like on my automatic feed on um youtube another video started playing right away and it was a full-length movie from the netherlands and the whole movie was all a bunch of people dressed up as Black Peter. And it was a comedy and it was a comedy movie. And it was from a year ago. And I was like Jesus Christ. Netherlands, get your shit together. Come on. (laughs) Come on, man. Well I guess and I was reading about it. I was reading about it because I was like I was baffled by this. I was like, holy shit, man. Like I'm I'm surprised that they can get away with this. And I guess in the Netherlands it's still sort of a point of contention to where so there now, are yep. there are some people who are so ingrained in the in the in the traditional uh, or in the traditions of it mm-hmm. that it's something that they still do as a celebration. They don't consider it a mockery or anything like that. And did you yeah. did you say it started off initially I, as like Black Peter was he was supposed to be a person covered in soot? Yeah. So from I going actually out did down the, the chimney. I, I did the research on this as well because I really needed to know what they were getting at. Because I'm like, this can't possibly be what what we Westerners think that this is, right? right. I guess Amsterdam's West Western to a degree too, it's but still, like, yeah. it's still the West, but like, you know, not America Western, you know. <laughs> um, so I looked it up, or whatever, and so the idea was this: the character of Black Peter, or what's his what's his it's, actual it's name? It's like Zwarte Piet. Zwarte Piet. So the character of Zwarte Piet was basically they. It's not just one of them. There's lots of them. Yeah. And they are basically like the the I call them henchmen, but the assistants, the helpers, Santa's Sinter, helpers, Sinterklaus. Yeah. Sinterklaus's they're Sinter, helpers. They're Klaus's helpers. Yeah. Sinterklaus's helpers, little elves. Um. And what they would do is they were the characters, and this is where a lot of the Santa Claus stuff comes from. Uh. They were the characters that would go down the chimneys into people's houses. And I don't know if they were like checking on if whether you were good or bad, or if they were like Probably putting presents in their chair. I don't know what sure I don't know what they were exactly were, or something like that. Something or, like yeah. that, yeah. That's not important. But they were the ones that would go down the chimney to check on the houses. Yeah. So they were always covered in soot from the chimney. Sure. So somewhere along the lines, that story I think it was around the 1900s. That character of of the uh, Black Pete, like suddenly changed the, the iconography of the character suddenly started being depicted as African people. Yeah. Or, or, or black people. Actually, more specifically, uh, more people. M-O-O-R-E. M-O-O-R-E. 
So more being the, the there's no, there's only no way e. that I there's ever no e at the end. Is there no? Okay. The only the only way that I remember them is is because one of my favorite movies ever, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Morgan Freeman. Oh, Morgan Freeman. Oh yeah. Morgan Dave Chappelle was in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. James. <laughs> oh, did you say Men? In, did you say? Did you say the Robin Prince Hood, of Prince of Thieves? Yes. <laughs> Well, you know what I, I mean. I suppose maybe it was the same, but no. Yeah. Um, Morgan Freeman, though, plays a Moore character in that yeah. movie. Yeah. So basically, he's of African descent, but he's also of Arab, I think. A lot of times they're depicted as Arab, uh, of Arab descent as well. Okay. Um, they're, they're, you look at the history of them. There's, sure, there's yeah. a whole history. And, and I, don't, I don't believe that they're all the same either. I think there's mm-hmm. more from different areas. Point is, though, um, that's where they, well, they, they, they started becoming depicted as... Uh, of people of African de- uh, descent, I wonder and why. The, I wonder why the shift. That's weird. I because men are inherently dumb, and that was back when it was long before 19, early nineteen hundreds. Like, huh? Uh, it's strange. It's, yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's, it's, it's definitely stupid. interesting. It's just weird now that they've taken on the like the pretty obvious yeah. look yeah. of the minstrel show blackface look with the yeah, red lips and the and everything like it's it's very it's very sort of uncomfortable you know it is it um, is and um yeah so i don't know how it ever got to be where it is with like you said the minstrel version of it and all that stuff but mm-hmm. like um but it, it definitely it went from this to this to this to this fucking amsterdam i'll say it again get your shit together okay i don't know what's going on over there maybe it's all the drugs maybe it's it's whatever like, is is the the rampant gonorrhea getting you down like is it, is it fucking with your brain i don't the know syphilis, man the, the syphilis, syphilis gets it, into yeah. the brain um but yeah there's some there's some weird shit going on this is a weird fucking movie and it really kind of shows you that that amsterdam is it's a weird place <laughs> it's, if if you get nothing else out of this movie it's that um Let's uh what's what is this movie though, James? What's the uh, story of this so movie? So essentially essentially uh the idea of Sinterklaas coming to to the house and you know bringing toys for all the kitties and stuff, that's the tradition that is held by every like that's the belief that is held by everybody. But the truth is more that uh Sinterklaas was this like murderous bishop who would go from town to town in the I think it was 1492 was the original was that the the first scene in the movie That was when Columbus sailed the ocean blue I realize that but I think that's <laughs> I think that's when this movie I think that's when I, I believe you're right I think yeah. during the opening scene by the way the I knew that we were in for a shit show during that the very first shot of the oh, obvious yeah. Uh, fake moon and fake ship. Yeah, I was the, like, the, I thought yeah. to myself, like, oh, cool, they're gonna do like an animated open. Like, I thought they were, I thought they were gonna tell the history of Sinterklaas with an nope. animated open, <laughs> because the moon and the and the ocean were so fake. And then they pan over and I see real people and I go, oh no, yeah, I was, was five. Good. I was five minutes into the movie and I texted Mike and I was like, I just want to preemptively apologize for making you watch this movie and you hadn't unbeknown, even gotten unbeknownst the really to me bad unbeknownst yet. to me mike was almost done with the movie yeah <laughs> so yeah. he 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 then apologized to me what i was for what i was getting into um but yeah so Santa Claus and his uh and his band of uh band of marauding helpers go into towns and basically ransack uh, yeah ransack the towns and it it seemed to me like anybody who didn't leave 
certain things outside offerings. their doors. Yeah, like offerings to Santa Claus. They would kill them. They'd go in, they'd kill him, and he would hang and sign up on the door and say, next time I come through, I want this and this and this and this and this and this. And then this one village finally gets sick of it, and they go, nope, taking this fucker out. Here's the thing. It didn't really take a whole lot to take him out. You'd think that if they just revolted the first time, a lot of lives would have been saved. They just snuck up on him and killed him and threw and threw a Molotov or a torch under their ship. Yeah. That was it. That's all it took. Burned him up. <laughs> and there's no there's really no there's really no explanation for why he would have come back as a ghost or a zombie as essentially a zombie because he was able to Oh, it was no, it was the full moon. I think because he was killed oh, on a, because he was, he was a, killed, killed on, on a full moon, and it's every twenty three years or something like that, a full moon lands on the fifth of. And December. obviously, as we all know, anybody who's killed during a full moon then comes back every twenty three years to exact their revenge. I mean, that's of just course. common knowledge. Only you know? now he comes. Now he comes back as a werewolf. Right. <laughs> Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas. <laughs> um. So yeah, no, he no, comes. He's not. He is not a werewolf. <clears throat> so they, the scene. Uh. This the next scene was like kind of promising when he was when it was 1968, and he was attacking the family on, in the farmhouse. Yeah, so this sets up like, this sets up the story of the main cop guy that you follow right. in in the third in the third story, if you will. But which stay with us. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like you said in the 60s or whatever. There's this kid who sees. Um, sees his whole okay. family get murdered. Sees by... his whole family get murdered. He's the only survivor, basically. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, he's made it his life's mission to protect the town every 23 years, basically, because he knows this is going to happen again. Right. So, so then you fast forward again to present time, and he is now a cop. He's an old, just disheveled, kind of worn out cop or whatever but and he he's looked at like he's crazy because he's preaching all this Sinterklaas stuff and like when he's like he's, he's handing in reports about Sinterklaas like handing it into his superiors saying hey Saint Nick Saint Nick basically because it's called the Saint Nick's Day and right they, they don't like actually he, refer to him as Sinterklaas I don't think in the movie uh, even though that's that's yeah, who do. he is do they well yeah if you if you actually there's there's a few parts in the movie where they didn't bother to dub it in English and you can hear oh, okay. pe- you can okay. hear people in the background of the shot saying Santa Claus. Oh, okay. uh, I got so you. every time they say Saint Nick in the English dub, they were actually saying Santa Claus. Oh, that the... makes sense. Santa Claus, Saint. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm picking it up now. Okay. And one well, Saint means Saint. So Saint yeah. Nicholas. Um. I get it now. <laughs> so. So then cut to what was it? Two thousand. Present time. Yeah. Present time. Whenever. You got a group of oh, I can't I can't really pass this by. <laughs> I texted Mike and I said I said because I said <laughs> I apologize for what you're getting into oh, I had a in this mouth, movie. I had a mouthful of coffee just now. I was trying my hardest not to spit it out all over my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then he told me that he was just finishing up finishing the movie up, and I go. So then I knew I was behind him. So then I got to this point and I texted him back and I said, "Never mind." They just broke the dildo record, and I'm back in. <laughs> so the so the story starts on this group of uh, this group of three girls, right? And uh, it starts on they're in this they're in the classroom, and they have like a secret Santa, I guess, kind of thing is yeah, what I can what equate it, it to. Like, yeah, and apparently this school has a very this high school has a very relaxed dildo giving policy. 
That's this is the best way that I can because they were everywhere. There was just rampant with dildos in this classroom. <laughs> Every girl had one on her desk. <laughs> and the t- and the teacher goes, "That's six dildos. You broke last year's record." <laughs> like what the fuck? What? <laughs> what is this place? Fucking Amsterdam, man. <laughs> I was gonna say like that's if in the kind of place where you can just go and window shop for a, for a woman. I guess getting a dildo at school really doesn't and, doesn't hit as hard. And you notice how none of those girls gave them back. <laughs> they all kept them, by the way. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you? Um, this actually does go into something that I did like about the movie. What? Uh, if there was one thing that I will say that I like. Um, the story of the three girls, uh, the one girl, the, the total babe with the uh, curly hair. Yeah. I, I'm not even going to bother saying names here because they're all... <laughs> Deutsch, um, <laughs> but like, uh, it she was babysitting for Wait, somebody. Her, I'm pretty sure her name was Sophie. <laughs> oh, was it Sophie? Yeah, not that Deutsch. Uh, <laughs> that Deutsch. Um, no. So she was babysitting that night, right, right across the street from her friend, who was at home with, uh, with her family or whatever. And there's uh, a lot of uh, stuff. Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. There's a another, lot of stuff that happens. Crazy Deutsch name. That gave me <laughs> Deutsches. Uh, that gave me uh, Halloween vibes a lot. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. It's almost beat for beat, but it, but it's also different enough, and maybe it's just because it's shittier that it feels different. But I actually kind of liked that. Yeah, that like, it was that fa- particular familiar like, about that particular like ten minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. It was it was it was set up exactly the same way. As, yeah, uh, it was like this is like the. It's almost like this is the the Christmas version mm-hmm. of Halloween. Yeah, is almost is almost what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I actually did like that. Um, the other character that you meet around this time is Frank. Frank becomes a more central character uh, towards the end of the movie. Um, Frank is Frank gets cheated or gets broken up by his girlfriend after she gets a dildo or after somebody gets a dildo in the class, and she her secret Santa is basically her gift to him. Was a breakup. <laughs> she broke up with them well, in front she, of the entire class. Because she heard from other people that he had been making out with some blonde chick. Some other chick. chick, yeah. And this blonde chick just happened to be the redhead who she was best friends with. Lisa, yeah. Lisa, yeah. So there's Which, there's how your, there's your connection there for all your characters. But she doesn't know that. I don't think no. she knows that. No. Um, so so Frank, Frank... Frank is essentially... Frank is... Uh, picture Danny Tanner. <laughs> a young, young, like like season one of Full House, Danny Tanner. That's, that's basically what he man. is. That's that's. Uh... Did he not look identical to? <laughs> he did. To, he to, did. To, <laughs> what's his name? I can't think of his name. Bob Saget, baby. Bob Saget, yeah. Um, he looked identical to him. Season one, season one with the mullet and everything. Um, so he that's so a great mullet. Uh, Basically, what you end up with for the rest of the movie is uh, because because Nicholas shows up and uh, dispatches Sophie mm-hmm. and her brother. Did he kill the brother too? I, I believe he, I believe he killed the brother too. Yeah, yep. That's kind of Frank. A Frank becomes sort of entwined in this whole in uh, the cops. What was the cop's name? I don't even uh, remember. Uh, was it? it was Kurt. In, Kurt. If you're looking at the, if you're looking at the, the it's it's uh, it's yeah, like okay. it's like Gert, Gert, <laughs> Gert Hoekstra, in in yep. the in the uh, IMDb credits. But it was God, that man has the biggest forehead I've ever seen. 
He, he really looks does. like the head. He looks like the head from that MTV show. Oh, dude, he's the uh, he's like the he's the the um, Netherlands version of Larry Fessenden. Oh yes, you're right. Um, so yeah, Kurt, Kurt at this point, you know, he's he's trying to spread the word about Saint Nick and all that. Um, and Kurt has this idea that he's going to blow up the pirate ship that the bishop rides upon. It doesn't make any fucking sense. This would be so stupid. <laughs> so he's got barrels of like flammable explosives on his boat, and he ends up uh, uh, he ends up hooking up with uh, Frank. Frank, because Frank gets arrested for some reason, uh, for what was he? What did he get arrested for? Because they thought that he killed Sophie. Oh yeah, yeah, he was right? a murder suspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only Frank knows the truth that it wasn't him. Oh no, no, they they didn't think that he killed. No, he was he was off to a party. He was dressed as Santa Claus, and he was off to a party with his buddies dressed as Svarta Pete. Yes, and uh, the. Um, the real Santa Claus and his his uh, henchmen showed up and murdered them all, except for Frank. Yes. Frank got away. Yes. And then yes. the police thought that he killed his friends, and yes. they thought that he killed Sophie. Sophie as well. So he gets arrested, and it's at that point he ends up esca- escaping police custody, and he ends up hooking up with with uh, with Kurt, and this is how their their stories intertwine. <clears throat> okay, now we're back. This movie makes no fucking sense, you guys. Okay, like I'm sorry if we're jumping all over the place and being weird, but and then it and then doesn't make sense. <laughs> kind of kind of mingled into the narrative. You have Santa Claus just showing up at random places and killing people, which yeah. is, I mean, like that was kind of one of the cool parts. I would say is. I like the idea of this movie. Um and that's and that's I think that's why I love the movie Krampus so much because the idea of a uh of a of a dark counterpart to Santa Claus even though sure. in this in this movie it actually is Santa Claus. The idea of a a dark counterpart who deals out punishment to to people who have been bad. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's really cool and intriguing. It's very, it's it's a very jolly story. <laughs> Super jolly, holidays. yeah. Unfortunately, um, in this movie, you don't really have to be naughty to be completely. No, he'll just murder you. Murder. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're good or bad. At one point in time, he does set an entire wing of a children's hospital ablaze, uh, f- f- and and they they make a ve- they make straight up murders those children. They make a point to show you all of the cute little kids before he murders all of them, and it's like ah oh, Jesus, like you don't see it on fire, but then later you see it as a news story, and you're like yeah, oh, fuck it's, man, it's just like oh my god, like what the fuck. But then to like uh, not to jump ahead here, but I'm going to one of the other things that I thought was cool is that it turns out this entire thing is kind of a. a it's kind of a conspiracy and kind of a cover up because it's not kind of a cover. It hundred oh, yeah. percent is a cover up. The government knows. The government knows that every time that there's a full moon on December fifth, Santa Claus will show up to just start murdering people. They know it, and they know that there's nothing that they can do about it. So what they do is they ride it out, and then the next day they start spinning it in the news. Oh, a a a a wing of the children's hospital went up in flames, and it was caused by this. Or uh, they blamed they blamed a lot of the murders on Kurt, the cop, even though he was trying to stop Klaus the whole time. Mm-hmm. 
So they, I'm, they I'm, find, and the, or like bus crashes. There was a bus crash. A bus went over the side of a, of a bridge and killed 35 on board, even though Klaus actually showed up and murdered them all. So I thought that twist was kind of cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of ma- the, like there's a lot of pieces to this movie that would make a really cool movie if it was yeah, done well. If you you could sliver out a couple of ideas and expand upon those. Yeah. And 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 there there's ideas there. I think that those were accidentally good ideas though. <laughs> I have, I have no part of me thinks that this movie had any any kind of a like smart. It was no. not smartly written. You know, no, like I would <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't say that though. I don't. I, yeah, the writing was still terrible. But as far as the ideas of what they wanted to do i would i wouldn't say that that those were an accident those were probably like pretty decently fleshed out ideas it's just that the execution sucked well i'm happy you brought up the the conspiracy aspect of this right with the government cover-up and all that because this introduces probably my favorite character of the entire movie uh and that was the he was like the he was like this the shadowy agent guy that the cops brought in to basically clean up the messes right who are you talking about so we talked about the dubbing in this movie, how bad the dubbing was. Like, yeah. for example, there was like a six-year-old girl that had the voice of like a 32-year-old woman at one point in time, <laughs> which was very jarring. <laughs> or there was a cop who was fully grayed in the hair, <laughs> and he sounded like an 18-year-old dude. He was just like, hey, man, you're under arrest, or I yeah, just deal with it. It's absolutely <laughs> atrocious. I don't know if they were just trying to cut corners, maybe, to not have to hire a new actor or what. But this guy, right, he's, he's, picture the dude, picture the dude with the giant nose, with the bald head from the, from the game Guess Who. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's he, that guy in the he looks flesh. Like, he looks like Bald Bull <laughs> from Punch-Out. Yes, yes, he does. <laughs> so he gets brought in to basically track down these people and to make it right and all that and keep things under wraps. And instead of giving this guy his own voice actor or whatever... They just, whoever it was that voice acted it, we think probably one of the other voice actors, they pitch shifted his voice down an <laughs> octave. And it so he literally, like, you know what he sounded like? He sounded like fucking Zordon from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> Almost to a T. I don't, I, I haven't seen that in so long. I couldn't tell you what oh that my sounds God. like. It's like, he's like, he's like, we have to go to the theater. Like, like it's no, it's it so, was way worse than that. It was way, oh yeah, I can't, I, I can't do it. But like, it was like, it was like, Stay, stay, sit tight. We'll be there in just a second. Yeah, it's so, so bad. Like, and you can't help but just die laughing every time this guy talks because God. it's so artificial sounding. Some of the, that's, that was it. Like, I, I, I actually was laughing out loud when I heard him talk. There was two, there was, well, every time I heard him talk and then there was one where the same, uh, the grayed out um, cop that I was talking about, the one with the gray hair. Yeah, he's he's driving the boat, and Frank goes, "Oh, can I get up for a second? I have to, I have to, um, I have to go pee." He just looks back at him, and just imagine the worst dubbing ever. And he just goes, "Why don't you just go and pee your pants?" (laughs) (laughs) So stupid. And I was like, "Does that line hit harder in Deutsch? What the fuck? Like it must. I I must." 
And there I, was just so there was so much stupid. Yeah, I don't. So yeah. much stupid in this movie. They also decided at the very end of the movie to dub kissing sounds, and I don't I don't know why. And it just kind of sounded like somebody giving somebody else a secret blowjob, like they were trying to keep <laughs> it under wraps. But it, it just sounded very suck facey, and it was really gross. <laughs> it's like, do they think? Do they think that uh, making out sounds different in English? So they it had does, to dub totally. it. Totally, it totally does. Does it? A hundred percent. What's what? Is, what is the quality of an English makeout that sounds different than Deutsch? There's, it's it's more crisp. It's more crisp. That's what it is. Or or, or it's more wet, I guess, because that's what it sounded like. Got <laughs> it. Whatever. Um. Okay. There's the, the movie itself. There's there's who gives a fuck about how this movie ended? Let's be honest. Like like the the plot really goes nowhere. The Sinterklaas doesn't. Nothing really happens to him. He gets like scared no, away they, by some fire and that's literally the end of the movie it's not anything right. crazy however i will say this this movie has the single greatest what the fuck last scene ever because just like all of the other all of the other great made-up characters in movie history right mm-hmm. superman batman spawn Fucking Sinterklaas is a superhero because at the very end of the movie, he's just fucking perched up on the top of a fucking cathedral style thing or whatever, looking out over the city like Santa Claus is a fucking superhero. Like this villainous, <laughs> murderous Sinterklaas is suddenly like Batman with his cape flying in the wind, looking over, protecting the city. It's oh, God. Like, it was so stupid. <laughs> what a dumb movie. So, which doesn't make sense because he's supposed to be on his ship. He's not supposed to be there after that night. Yeah, Why is he just perched up on the top of a building? He hasn't. He's supposed to be. Well, I guess they did. Did they say that he's supposed to be gone after the fifth? He, yeah, it's the fifth. It's the fifth one. There's a full moon. The fifth is when he kills people. But he's on the ship the rest of the time. Because oh, he comes right. in on his ship. Oh God! This so movie it just is... it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. But I love that visual of this really the really badly done <laughs> weird special effects makeup slash CG or whatever it was on his face. And Looking the fact like, that the uh, entire tower was pretty pretty obviously CG. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you did you think that that uh, that Saint Nick looked like uh, Papa Emeritus too? Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought he looked exactly like him, just yeah. more fucked up. Uh-huh. <laughs> From uh, Ghost, um, yeah, yeah I don't movie, know. I, I would, I would still, I, I would actually say, for a laugh, you should. Go yeah, watch this is this a movie. good, this is a good get a bunch of buddies together, yeah. you know, over your socially resistant Zoom hangout, and uh, drink some beers and just laugh at it because yeah. it's, it's so stupid. Yeah, I can't yeah, wait to watch this. <laughs> you'll have a good time. Let's move on to a movie that didn't suck. Um, All right. <laughs> now that we've talked about that one for like 35 minutes, why do we always talk about the worst movies for so long? Ah, because they're the better ones. Let's what's, be honest. We what, love bad movies. <laughs> what's wrong with us? Um, all right. So the next movie is Christmas Evil. 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 No, this is from 1980. 1980. So she's a she's an old one. She's, she's uh, an oldie but a goodie. Like 40 it's, years old at this point. It's kind she's of a like, MILF. It's kind of it's kind of hard to believe. Like this came out in 1980, and and really a lot of Christmas horror movies have come out since then. Like it's it's kind of a it's it's its own little subgenre, you know. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard about this movie until a few years ago, probably two or three years ago. Um, 
Beyond the Void horror podcast talked about it on their show. Mm-hmm. And I think Alex did a I think Alex did a, a review. He, like, I, I mean, he re-reviewed it just this year, yeah. Yeah. I I didn't mean to say I think that he he reviewed it. I know that he reviewed it because I watched it. I was I meant to say I think he did it this year though. I didn't check the timestamp on that on that yeah. uh, it was actually video, just like but it was maybe two weeks ago. Oh, was it even I thought it was, it was, just yeah, like it was a couple really days recent. ago or something. Oh yeah, but, maybe uh, it, was, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um so I know that yeah, Alex from Beyond the Void um loves this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh I gotta tell you, man, I agree with him. This I is, uh, I I enjoyed it. I don't know that I I'm, I don't know that I enjoyed it as much as maybe the two of you guys, but I definitely enjoyed it. I, I thought it was when, more sad than anything else. It was very sad. It's it is it is extremely sad. It's but... not really a horror movie either. It, it's at least to me, it's not. It's it has glimpses of being a bit of a slasher, but it never follows through on on that idea. You know what it is like. You know the vibes that I got from it, big time, were the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. I actually thought, even though one of my movie cardinal sins I've never seen is Taxi Driver, uh, Vito's been on me for years to watch it. <laughs> but I know what that movie's about, though. I know that it's like the and the joke and the Joker movie is very yeah. much the new version of Taxi Driver. Yeah. So that all makes sense. Yeah. It's literally it's about a guy losing his mind. Clearly, he has mental illness, and you're and just him and you're losing just kind his of mind. Along, through, you're just yeah. kind of along for the ride, like watching this guy's yeah. slow decline into madness. You actually and, feel a little helpless too at times when you're watching it, because like you kind of wish you could reach into the screen and, and just be like, "Don't do that! It's making me uncomfortable." <laughs> it is very <laughs> uncomfortable. There's a yeah. There's like like when he's spying on the kids in the house yeah. and stuff like that, and it's just like, ah, oh, it's weird. Yeah. It's really creepy. Guy's a bit of a creep, let's be honest. (laughs) Well, it's weird, too, because, like, you know, in any other situation, you see a grown man looking at children through binoculars on a rooftop, and you're like, oh, God, this guy's a pedo, and just gross. Stop looking at kids. It never goes past. His motivation never seems to be anything other than finding out what girls or boys in the neighborhood are good and which ones are bad so that he can put them on his list like it doesn't they don't ever imply that he has any ulterior motives with the kids sure um but it but still it's still creepy enough he basically suffers from like yeah he suffers from like michael jackson syndrome a guy that didn't really know any better and he was looked at he's looked at as a creep and this and that by the way, I don't believe Jackson did anything, which is, which is where that comes from, but we're not on that topic. My point is, though, it's very and similar. I if, Well, whatever. That's, and that's fine. We're allowed to disagree, James. <laughs> um, point is, though, you get what I'm trying to say, though. Yeah. Like, it, it's kind of like that thing. Yeah, the guy, he did have pure intentions. The dude was like full-on embodied spirit of Christmas. Like He mm-hmm. loved everything about Christmas. It's the reason that he woke up in the morning. The guy went to bed wearing Santa Claus pajamas, which... I don't respect anybody that does that, but I'll give him a pass. His walls are adorned with nothing but Santa Clauses, and everything in his house is just Santa everything, Christmas everything, right? So he, it's almost like an unhealthy, it's an unhealthy obsession of his, is basically what it is. Yeah. You know what is actually dawning, you know what's dawning on me though right now is this was all sparked from a childhood experience. Yep. In which, who knew watching him, him and his brother, him and his brother and his mom were sitting on the stairs, and 
Santa Claus came down the chimney, and it was pretty obviously his dad and a beard, right? And so they watch for a little while, and it's all great. No, and was, then all, that was Black Pete. And then, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the kids are back up in bed, and his brother is telling him that wasn't Santa, that was just Dad. You know, blah blah blah. And then, um, shit with the, uh, Harry comes back down the stairs looking to because he hears some sounds in the house and he suddenly walks down and sees uh santa on his knees like i saw santa eating mommy's puss underneath (laughs) yeah that (laughs) santa santa on his knees like like just kind of caressing mom's thighs and like burying his face in her cooter and stuff for a while and it and it fucks him up he was going for it and it fucks him up and so now that i'm thinking about it i said earlier that like his whole thing with the children it's it comes from a place of pure intention but that might not be true because his experience with santa that shaped his whole outlook on things is well, of Santa doing something sexually explicit. No, I think I think that more what his outlook was is that he realized that night that Santa isn't real and he embodied the idea of what he thought Santa was so much to where he became Santa. Okay. That's what it was. I think I don't think that I don't think that so it, it was came like, from So it was like it, it was such a letdown <laughs> for him to realize that Santa wasn't what he thought that he vowed he to go He preserved it basically. Yeah, yeah, he vowed to go on and be what Santa should have been. Exactly. He took okay. up the mantle. Right. That that's what I got out of it at least. Right on. Um and because <clears throat> and and I think that's probably correct because like you said, there's never any negative intention in what he's trying to do out well, I guess outside of when he kills people. So <laughs> <laughs> I suppose there's some negative intentions there. I'll tell you, though, I was pleasantly surprised when no kids died in this movie because it seems like fucking every movie that we've watched for the past two years always involves kids dying. And he was he was true blue to the end. Like, he loved the kids. He never wanted to harm any of the kids. I was a even bit that little asshole, that. Even that little asshole, uh, Moss Garcia, all he did was leave him a bag of dirt on his doorstep. I thought for sure a kid was going to die during that little scuffle with the parents and the kids in the alley at the end. Dude, I thought for I, sure a kid was going to get I thought the it. little girl was going to pick up the the switchblade and fall on it. And I, I was, thought the little I thought the little girl was going to stab her mom or her dad is what I thought was going to happen. Oh, I didn't think defending that. Santa? No. I was I was in a I was in a mode where a single child hadn't died yet, and I was like, "I don't it's think you can, I don't think that this movie can end without a kid dying." Unfortunately, because it's going to be that thing that pushes him over the brink, you know, and turns him into complete psycho. Is like seeing yeah. a kid die. And oh yeah. yeah, I thought when that sweet, cute little girl picked up that switchblade and started run, running with it, I thought she was going to slip and fall on it. And I was like, "No, no, no, no! Don't run with pointy things, Jesus!" <laughs> But she didn't. She just ran, ran over Pop, and handed Papa him James a knife. came out for a bit there. <laughs> oh god, it scared the shit out of me, dude. Um, um, before we get before we get any further, I just want to. We didn't give the uh, actual synopsis of this oh, yeah, movie, so it, it might help a little bit in what we're talking about. Uh, a toy factory worker, mentally scarred as a child upon learning that Santa Claus is not real, there you go, suffers a nervous breakdown after being belittled at work and embarks on a Yuletide killing spree. <laughs> so 
one of the things that's important about this is that he does actually work at a toy factory, mm-hmm. which makes sense because if he's pretending to be Santa, that's his North Pole, basically. His, right. That's the toy factory. Right. And that comes back into play a lot uh, in this movie. And he realizes at one point that the company he works for, yes, they're they're giving away, they're, they're telling people to, to donate money so that they can donate, uh, donate money to the company so that they can donate toys to like a homeless shelter, basically, or yeah. uh, to un- underprivileged kids or whatever it is. Right. And when he questions, there's a new guy in charge, this young, this young, young whippersnappers in charge of the program, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which the scariest part, I will say, of this entire movie was that guy's hairline. Was <laughs> fucking awful. <laughs> well, uh, of who? The the young the young the young whippersnapper. Guy came, yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, him and his—I kept getting him and his brother mixed up because they had the exact same sort of hair. Well, you know who his brother was, right? Yeah, it was um. Uh, uh, Jeff, I don't know. Jeffrey I don't know him by name. Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff. A, a ton, ton of stuff, stuff dude. Yeah. He was in uh, the Mist, yep. uh, Green Mile, The Hitcher, The Blob. Green Mile is where in, I know uh, him. The Walking Dead. Yep. Um. Yeah, he's he's all over the place, man. Yeah, the he's green a, the green miles career. the green miles one that I know him the most from just because I've seen that movie probably more than no, any he of the other was, movies. But in the green mile, he was the guard who you who you liked, right? He yeah. was like the yeah, good, he was a good guy. He's the yeah, good, he was, guy he was guard. good guy guard. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. He was like he was basically Tom Hanks like like second, like he was close, pretty close to him. Right, right. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I didn't expect to see him in this movie. Though. I was like, wow, it's did and, you, and, and with hair. <laughs> did you notice the other? Did you notice the other little uh, sneaks sneaks cameo? No. I I have to imagine this was probably her first role. I didn't even re- like when I saw her face. It didn't register. I saw her face and I go, she looks familiar. And it wasn't until I heard her say her line, and I go, holy shit, that's the mom from Home Improvement. Uh, Patricia Richardson. She oh, was, no. you know, Moss, the little kid who had the penthouse. And then oh, he, yeah, was, yeah. he was playing. And he said, I want to watch TV. And then the mom slaps him. <clears throat> and she says something like, I don't want you to ruin my night out. And I heard her say that. And I go, oh, my God, that, that was is the mom from 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 home improvement and i was like there's no way she was in this movie and i looked it up and yeah it's her oh wow i never would have <laughs> caught that never would have caught that like she i said i'm gonna go to her imdb real quick i'm guessing this is probably her mom. first role <laughs> kind of a shitty mom too well he was kind of a <laughs> shitty kid i i, I suppose probably, probably but... deserved a little smack across the mouth <laughs> i just want a little more penthouse Come uh so <laughs> she was in leave him be <laughs> She was in a few episodes of The Doctors in 1979. This was her first movie role. Nice, nice. Yeah. Good eye, dude. Good eye. <laughs> um, okay, so, so, Harry. Harry is the guy in question. Harry, Harry. is our Santa-obsessed uh, um, guy who's going through the, the, the breakdown that is this movie. Yeah. Um, Harry, like we said, works at the toy factory and all that stuff, and he's one of those kind of guys where he just lets everybody walk over him. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of scenes that reminded me very much of even something like Office Space, where his boss is like, yeah, I'm going out of town this weekend, so you're working for me. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, you're going to have to work on Saturday. It'd be great, right? Yeah. Um, and, and, he, and he doesn't even fight back about it. He just does it, lets, lets people walk all over him and this and that. And it's... That when I said this movie was very sad, it's because you're literally watching a guy have a mental breakdown, and it's right. not comfortable to watch. You know, no. especially when you know what's going on. You know that this guy's um, 
like mentally he's extremely fragile. Uh-huh. So to watch him go through the motions, it's like I said, it's very nerve wracking. You want to reach for the screen and direct him and, and you know, don't don't do that, do this, and and you can't. It's it's uncomfortable. But here's the thing, though, um, it, it was uncomfortable to watch, and it and it and it was uncomfortable to watch because uh, Brandon Maggart, the guy who played Harry, yeah, played it so well. He did. Like this is he a did. 1980s, like B movie. Christmas slasher. You there's you really couldn't get more you really couldn't get more subgenre if you wanted to. 1980s B movie Christmas slasher. You couldn't yeah. you couldn't get more. I mean, there was a couple that existed, but yeah, it was not like it was a I'm just saying a like big that's genre, a, you know. Yeah, it's it's that's not like a big genre flick and he played this he played the hell out of this role, yeah. dude. No, I he agree. really did. He went for it. like I was watching and and there was nothing. Cor- there was really nothing corny about his role at all. No, I thought, he, I thought he actually played it very the, straight. It was I a very actually, straight performance for what this movie was, and I don't know what the budget was or anything like that. But like, the performances were actually really good. I agree, especially his. His was I, his. I agree. His performance was amazing. The scene and, where he's putting on the suit for the first time, and he, <clears> he puts on the beard with the glue, and he's trying to pull it off, but it's like actually stuck to his face and it makes him feel like it's real. Yeah. And like he realizes that's his, his, his descent, transform- yeah. his descent into the care and in, into to becoming mm-hmm. Santa. And it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy because that's what happens. And like, that's real. Like that's not like a made up fictitious oh, yeah. thing that doesn't, that's real. Yeah. Like people looking into a mirror and seeing a different person. Right. Like that's, so it's it's disturbing on that level of this could actually happen, and I don't know about you, I don't like seeing anybody in that kind of distress, even if they know they're in that distress or not. Like I don't like seeing that. So I, I don't keep like, going back to the I don't word like uncomfortable, but I don't like seeing it because it is uncomfortable. But mm-hmm. when it's well done in a movie, I'm, I like I I do like seeing it to a certain yeah. extent because I like seeing people give good performances. But yeah, oh yeah, totally is very uncomfortable. Just like when I saw The Joker, I thought The Joker was a totally uncomfortable movie. Mm-hmm. But it was amazingly done and amazingly yeah. acted by Joaquin Phoenix, you know. Incredibly, yeah. Um there was and there was another part in this movie that uh, it, there was little tinges of things that he was doing that kept reminding me of what I saw in Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker, but like there was one in particular where he was at his locker uh getting ready for work and he looks he had been kind of practicing his smile in front of the mm-hmm. in front of the mirror and then he does he does the thing like he's got a big grin on his face and then he does the thing where he wipes his hand down his face and then as his hand goes down his face his face just goes back into a sort of a scowl mm-hmm. and in the context of where he was on his journey into madness, like that was just sort of a chilling scene to me. Um, and then, and then like the, like this idea that even after he had started, like he started the night with pure intentions, he went out, he, he broke in. Yeah. He was breaking into people's houses, but he was literally, literally that's what he was doing. Yeah. He was leaving (laughs) gifts for, for the nice kids. And then even when he went to, by the way, in in the creepiest of creeper vans too. Let's not let's not forget about that. Like a white was, van, a white van with no windows that he painted a sleigh on the side. All of. he needed was a free candy or a free present <laughs> sign on the side of it, and it's like creep of the year. <laughs> but he 
like even that bastard Moss Garcia, like he didn't he didn't plan on hurting him or anything like that. He yeah. just left him a bag of dirt outside of his door. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until what was the first like what what made him really snap? What was the well, oh, I remember the scene. oh he went to the children's hospital and I I watched the scene at the children's hospital and you think it's getting a little tense at first because the the old ass guard comes out and he's got his mm-hmm. hand on his gun and he's like who the hell are you what exactly is that guard going to protect by the way guy yeah. was fucking two hundred years old yeah what, he had a what gun. exactly was he gonna do he had a gun though it's the great equalizer. you really think that if he fired that gun it wouldn't fly out of his hands that guy's got no grip yeah <laughs> he, he was an old cowboy he knew he knew how to shoot that thing um old old dung Bradley. Old Dung Bradley and Cooter Brown. <laughs> and so he, he tells it like he tells him, eh, wait outside and blah blah blah. And then the whole staff from the the uh the children's hospital comes out and he sh- opens up the back of his van and he's just got presents, loads of presents for all the kids, and they're all so happy and he's like right before that, it was it was another one of those like like uh kind of weird uh, like the weird look at a at a sick mind sort of thing where mm-hmm. he was standing outside and he couldn't figure out how to properly say Merry Christmas. Yeah. Like he kept running through it and he just like, he was obsessing over the right inflection to use. And then it started snowing and he looked around like, oh, it's finally Christmas. And then all of a sudden this Merry Christmas came out of him. And yeah, it, that whole it scene, that like it started that off con- uncomfortable and then ended up really happy. That confusion in his voice was so authentic. Yeah. Like you're saying like he doesn't know what to say or whatever. Like the way that 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 he played that as a character yeah. was flawless. Oh yeah. Like it really was. Yeah. Um but again, I, I, I can't go on and say that this is like the best, like my favorite Christmas horror movie because A, I don't really look at it as a horror movie. I look at it more of like a drama, honestly. Yeah. Um and it's just like it's almost a depressing watch. So I don't know that I could like say this is like one of my favorites because I don't know that I want to rewatch this movie all that many times. I wouldn't say that you know? it was I'm I I I started this off. I didn't say that it was one of my favorites. Because my favorites tend to be more uh fun than this one. Cause yeah. like you said, this isn't really a fun watch. Like this is this is uncomfortable and it's scary in a way that like uh that's too real like this actually happens to people like watching mm-hmm. somebody slowly yeah. descend into madness like that kind of shit happens to people um i did like it a lot i thought it's it like, was re- it's like i watching, thought it was really really good but it's like this- watching a horror movie where uh the, the, you're supposed to get enjoyment out of like a character having a miscarriage right it's oh, like Jesus. that's not no. My point is like that's not fun to watch. That happens in real life to real people, and it's like the worst <laughs> thing in the world. Like that's not entertainment factor to me. Does that make sense? Like yeah, so watching yeah. people go through like a mental break that is portrayed in such an authentic way. Yeah, it's not fun to watch. Like it's yeah. it's it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like <laughs> it's it's. You get what I'm saying, right? Like no, I no, I do. I I think that where I'm like. I, this is this is not going to be. Uh, I don't think this is going to be the a movie that I return to every year. Yeah, I'm not against rewatching it. I I actually, I actually thought it was a really good movie, but when it comes to being a like a Christmas genre movie, I do think that it's. I do think that it's. Um, One it of doesn't the really. Ones. It doesn't really get a lot of 
attention. Honestly, because like I said, honestly, I I really I hadn't even heard about this movie until the first time that uh, Beyond the Void talked about it. Yeah, it's it's definitely a cult flick. It it does get talked about a lot in some circles, but if you're not like into those kind of movies, you're probably never going to have heard about it. Sure. Um, you know, so so yeah, I I completely understand that. I think that what it does do though well, uh, because there are some scenes of like slash like there's there's bits and glimpses of sort of a slasher movie in there somewhere, right? Uh, when he kind of loses his mind and kills his coworkers and his boss and stuff, like <laughs> the first time he kills people at the church, it came out of nowhere. <laughs> it came out of nowhere, but I was like, I was so happy about it because those guys were such pretentious pricks. Like, oh my god! Well, I expected he, he said him- he said I because they're they're the type of guys who talk like this, and then he says I have something for you, and the guy goes. Well, I have superlative taste. <laughs> and then he stabs him in the eye. Like, I expected him to stab the guy because they kind of led up to it because you could see the sword sticking yeah, out of his was, bag, right? Yeah. I expected him to stab him. I did not expect him to stab him in the eye. <laughs> and his eye really his eye really exploded. The, he... the effects were very rudimentary, right? But they were effective. Like, they it doesn't even good, matter though. how like fake for, they looked. Like, like for an 80s slasher, though? Yeah, I mean, I mean you know, granted, Tom Savini was doing stuff back in the in 1980 that was way better than that. But like, well, he's Tom Savini, my point though. is this: so it doesn't matter how good it was because it's yeah. still uh, it was still effective. Mm-hmm. And also, apparently, one of the toys that he was giving was a real hatchet because he hacked the fuck <laughs> out of the guy's face afterwards. <laughs> like, you were gonna give that to a kid? <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> I got it. I asked for I asked for a toy axe. I remember asking for a toy axe for Christmas when I was like six and i saw this thing under the tree and i thought for sure it was a toy axe it turned out to be a giant um styrofoam plane which was still cool but it wasn't a toy Planes axe. Are cool i really Can't wanted to put someone's axe. head open with it but it's cool there <laughs> <laughs> goes um yeah i don't know there, another thing that i actually found very very funny about this movie not not <clears> that the rest of the movie is not funny um there because there are some comedic parts not not comedic but like you laugh because it's weird and yeah, yeah whatever right um but one of the things that was actually like made me crack up a lot is at the very end of the movie i, t- I was texting you about this or telling you about this when his so when his brother uh his brother's been trying to get a hold of him all night uh harry cancels plans with his family uh and his brother and, and sister-in-law are really worried about him this and that his brother's worried sick he's up all night waiting for him finally he gets a phone call and so at the end of the movie the brother uh, confronts Harry or whatever, and he's there's like a little chase that ensues, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harry gets into his van and ends up driving over over the edge of a bridge. But we'll we'll return to that in a second. Put yeah. a put a postmark <laughs> in that. Um, his brother though uh, jumps out of the way from to, I think to not get hit by not to get hit by the van. Right? Is that why he jumps out of the way, or does he fall down the embankment separately? Um... I forget. Oh Doesn't yeah, matter. he's yeah he's coming after him. And he, I think he trips and falls down. Yeah, kind of the part of the a part of the embankment or something. So he falls down the embankment, and as he's hitting the ground where it's all supposed to be quote unquote snowy, he <laughs> hits like it, what, what is the equivalent of like a crash pad or like a big piece of cotton basically, and you literally see the square side of the cotton <laughs> like fold up and roll over to show that it's just grass and dirt underneath. <laughs> so chintzy looking it was like two yeah it was and it happened on the second one too like he rolls over the first one and and the pad kind of rolls with him and it's like what the hell and then he rolls over the second one 
You could oh, have yeah, done that's one I, retake of that. Yeah, Come that's on. what I was thinking. Like you could, like just, just one, just one <laughs> shot. Maybe they only have that stuntman for that one shot, though. I don't know. I, but it was by bad. the hour, I guess. It but, was really, really bad. Yeah. Um, um, so let's I, go just back. Thought, I just thought that was hilarious, though. So, so let's go back to that ending then, because yeah, it, okay. it seems to be, uh, it seems to be kind of a hot topic among well, fans I have of my the movie. Thought. I have not read anything about this. By the way. I I haven't either. All okay. I know is that some people consider it one thing and some people consider it another. So I don't even do you, know that much. So what do you think? I didn't I didn't even read that much. Okay. To me, well, let's let's spoilers here. Let's say what it is first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers. Um I'll let you So uh answer. so Harry in his sleigh van ends up uh busting through the through the uh the guardrail of a bridge uh-huh. and you see the van uh, flying over the edge of the bridge. By this point, his brother Phil had kind of come to rest at the bottom of the embankment and is looking at the 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 van plunge over the side of this bridge. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> the van turns upward and takes off and flies toward the moon. And you see Harry in the front seat, basically like, I really am Santa. And singing, <laughs> and he's singing something. It's it is he singing something or is there a like a chorus behind him? It's it's I bl- like I think it's both. But it's like both. a popular it's a popular uh, Christmas song playing yeah. in the background. Um, and so you're like, you're kind of like you want, and then the movie just ends. Like the movie just cuts and ends right there. There's yeah, nothing else it. after it. Yeah. So you're so left what, with like this very serious movie with this really weird what the fuck ending, mm-hmm. right? And. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I, I I think that I can see the two sides of it because I don't know what else it would be other than one or the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, is he or isn't he? Right, that's pretty mm-hmm. much it. I think that that was the last few seconds of his life flashing before his eyes, and that's what he wanted. I think he went over the embankment and he crashed and burned and died. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I think that what you were seeing there was you were you were viewing his last moments through his eyes and what he thought was happening yeah and that was it yeah right same okay. i mean that to me seems like the only logical the only or, logical explanation <laughs> like i don't think he actually was santa claus devil's advocate santa claus is a murdering bastard <laughs> 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 Which I don't mind that ending. <laughs> or or he just it's like Tinkerbell, like he believed so hard that it, it be it became true. Like he, he existed but because he believed. But that would mean that he's literally being rewarded by the world for killing the people that wronged him. Well they which were naughty. gives which gives credence to that's okay to do. They were naughty. What else Fair. should he do? Fair. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, so I I don't I haven't I haven't read up on it or anything, but I just get the sense from I I know Alex mentioned something about it, and uh, I think there's rumblings around the internet. Some people believe that he, like the van, actually turned and took off into the sky, which to me seems like that's I, ludicrous. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's not what happened. He obviously ha, died. Were you paying attention to the rest of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> he was a crazy person. And that was the last, like his. That was the last few seconds of him finally slipping entirely into the delusion yep. that he yep. was Santa Claus. Yep. Um. So, and I, that's, uh, that's I what actually liked that ending a lot, though. I, think, I did I too. Think, I think for I thought as it was weird as it was. Like, when it happened, I was just like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like, yeah. Like I was ta- caught totally off guard by it, which I think is the point. Yeah. Um. But then once you think, like I said, once you think about it, it's. It actually fits the story really, really well. Definitely, it actually kind of 
brilliantly written in in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty much the only way that you could have ended the movie to make I it. Because the entire movie is about him just kind of watching his slide downward. Mm-hmm. And why not why not watch the final plummet downward? Yeah. But in his mind, watching him elevate it's, to I like that they didn't overtly do something to make you realize you're in his headspace at that moment too. You know? Right. They played it straight, right? They played yeah. it as if it was really happening. And you and you have to kind of figure it out yourself. A lot of movies they try to coddle you and hold your hand into everything like that. And it always ends up ruining the effect of whatever it is they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just ruins the moment. And they didn't do it and <clears throat> stood tall, I think, because of that. Well, not to not to go back to uh, the Joker here again, but it's it's very similar to the ending of the Joker. There, there's two schools of thought, as far as I can tell, on how the ending of the Joker, uh, how how the Joker ended. One is him standing on top of the ambulance. Um, surrounded by all of his fans, surrounded by his mm. his his army, and uh, and being exalted, and the other theory is that all of that is in his head, and I actually subscribe to the idea that it's all entirely in his head. I would um, need to rewatch that again to see if that makes sense, right? See if the things that are going on around him make sense with nobody else there. Yeah, no, that, no, no. To, the, like the, pe- the, the people are still there. They're just not. It's not. Uh, it's not this big love fest for him that he thinks it is. There's actually a. There's. There's like a three-hour conversation that you and I can have about Joker sometime yeah, off of this not, show. Let's not but, do it here. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, I thought this was a perfect en- ending to this movie. Mm-hmm. I like this movie a lot. I don't I know if it's going to be one of the ones that I'm going to return to every Christmas, necessarily, but. Uh, it's one that I'll suggest to people for sure. It's one that I will watch again at some point in time. And I think it like for a movie made in 1980 that not a lot of people talk about it. I think, I think it's probably underappreciated. I agree. Um, and to sum the rest of this movie up, uh, this is a little bit of cameo here. Director Lewis Jackson came up with the basic idea for this film after smoking marijuana one night during the 1970s and seeing a vision of Santa Claus holding a knife. Marijuana? But and that, who says and who says pot doesn't do good things? But that's an Come illegal on. substance. <laughs> oh, for <Cheers>. shame. <laughs> for shame. Put him on the naughty list. You're right. Uh anyway though, yeah, that is uh that is Christmas Evil and Evil. One movie we definitely recommend, and the other movie we definitely recommend. <laughs> 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 you figure out which is which. Um, yeah, one's shit, one's great. You know, watch them both. That's watch that's the both. best I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for different reasons. All right. So, what do we got next week? Next week is our uh, Christmas hangover. Oh. With uh, Deadly Games, Dial Code Santa Claus. Yes. And, and Santa, Santa Jaws. Jaws. <laughs> I'm so excited about. We're Santa group Jaws. watching that. We are group watching. Oh that hell week. yeah! Have to. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to our, our Christmas hangover show. It's going to be fun. I almost want to watch that one in person with you. Like maybe I'll rent a hazmat suit. <laughs> I mean, it'll be after the holidays to be completely honest with you. Excuse me. I've been more hunkered down this past month simply because I did not want to even run the risk of getting sick before the holidays. Yeah. Now that we're after the holidays, you can kill me. It's fine. Oh, okay. 
All right. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come kill you. Then. We can be we can be <laughs> irresponsible. No, we're both very responsible. If if we did that, it's because we trust one another. But whatever. Fuck off, you guys. <laughs> Don't fuck judge off. us. Don't judge me. Wear a mask. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so if you want to find us before next week's show, you can find us on Instagram, SoundCloud, and Facebook at the Buzz to Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzz to Kill PC. One of these days, we will have a new episode of Trailer Trashed Up on our YouTube. It's mm. going to happen soon. Hey, if you're going to if you're going to brave coming over to watch a movie next week, maybe we'll do another one. And oh. just let's just if we're going to get COVID, let's just fucking let's just, capital lettered COVID. Let's get, right? Let's get it hard. <laughs> let's. Let's get jiggy with COVID. Okay. Let's do it. I'm into that. All right. <laughs> All right, boys and girls. Uh, hey, Michael. James. It's been some virtual fun. It's been very fun, sir. It's been virtually fun. Ding. Uh, it was virtually the greatest thing ever. I have I have virtually no complaints about this episode. You also have virtually no beer left. Peek behind the curtain. There's a little, there's a little, <laughs> little sip in there. So. All right. All right cheers, we'll bud. We'll see you guys next week. All right. Later. Try to have a good night.